everyone, and welcome to the Yowie Shelf. Grab a seat and relax. So, new year, uh, new us. You may notice that our alignment, if you are video, is uh, slightly different because Corolla and I, you know, we got talking, and I want to start with a little story. So, Corolla gets lots of messages from me of my uh, flagrant whoring online. Love uh, where I just make connections with people. And Corolla, would you like to tell the audience to what level you fangirl screamed when I said that I bagged this guest? Uh, I mean, that was many weeks ago, and I can't remember anything because there's a void between Christmas and everything else. But I was very excited. Yes. Okay? I am a fan of today's guest. <laughs> I am also a fan of today's guest. Uh, welcome, Ari from Querios, a true BL scholar, yeah. like one of the most talented and creative people that I've met on the hellscape that is known as Twitter. Uh, Ari, would you like to introduce yourself to our esteemed guests Y'all and so uh, audience? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting over here like, wow, <laughs> this praise. <laughs> No pressure. Yeah, zero pressure. You're doing great. Uh, you know, I'm some sort of back of the library cryptid who uh, <laughs> kept uh, studying this, you know, and um, the thing I like to say is anybody can study uh, queer studies, media, history of media, media um, across borders, and mm-hmm. Combined all of them if you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I started off in completely different fields, but ultimately I took my knowledge of art history, which landed me in archives in Japan, um, along with my Japanese degree. And then I ended up sliding into internet, it's coined international education. It's changed a lot in the last several years, but mm-hmm. um, where I studied. Um, cross-cultural education as well as just all of cross-cultural everything (laughs) communication um intercultural communication which then led me down another rabbit hole of informal learning so you you know and that's you know there's formal learning which is like in an institution in a classroom Mm -hmm. and then there's informal learning which is everything you're learning that's not in a classroom so that's from other people media society whatever all of our assorted weebery essentially Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> All of our assorted weebery. Got it. Yeah. So that's that's informal learning when you when you're watching Pokemon and Brock pulls out. I know this is a dub name, but Brock pulls out. Um, I know it was Ash pulls out an onigiri, and they're like jelly donut, and you question it. That's informal learning. So <laughs> localization. Exactly. You know, oh, when you're like, oh, it. why is this different from how I live? And you're learning something about different cultures. Okay. That, I think that is the worst example because I don't think it takes any learning <laughs> no. to see the dissonance of here's a ball of rice and this is a donut. Seven-year-old, <laughs> seven-year-old me is like, that's no, no, not no. a donut. I'm not giving any credit to whatever eight-year-old me was doing is to know the cognitive dissonance of <laughs> ball of rice equal donut. <laughs> Listen, but 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 on a technical scale, it's still learning. So that that being said, even the most precious person in the world <laughs> who cannot make connections can learn. <laughs> so it's okay. All of us. Yay. 
Yeah, I do love this this just absolutely ruthless optimism. It's like anyone <laughs> can learn. Anyone. I, yes. That's how that I was end, before yeah. I worked my government jobs, and then I became a cynical asshole. Um, <laughs> I mean, the government will do that, can speak from uh, experience. But yeah, uh, so I'm super excited to have this host on because this is a conversation that I think Corolla and I have had in the background since we met. Yeah. Since we were forced together by yeah, Classicon. I oh, yeah, I remember that. We actually talked about this, at least partially, for that mm -hmm. Classicon panel, because how can you avoid it? Right. And yeah. at the time, I think because of, like, heat and, like, being afraid of getting canceled and using air quotes, you know, we didn't really approach that topic. But we have a guest who is a specialist in this. And with that uh, level of expertise... Now we have the testicular fortitude. Let's go. We're killing the pig. Let's talk pro ship versus anti ship. <laughs> I just want to say, you know, before everything gets way too heated, that Aerie is one of the voices that keeps me sane on this matter. Like, yes. Oh, <laughs> because it's just like, there is such a, you know, Twitter is such a train wreck. And I'm like, it is. I just want to enjoy my life and there's so much stupidity and then you are there with, you know, your good takes and your good threads and I'm like, thank God there's some sense in this world. Absolutely. <laughs> Aerie has been, like, a wonderful grounding force that keeps yeah. me from, like, every time the kids upset me, like, no, don't cancel the whole show. You've already flirted with danger once. You can go get cancelled on your personal Twitter by something that isn't about guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm not you. even joking. I hope I'm glad. I, I'm glad I can be, uh, a, I don't know, a voice of reason slash a cuddly person there to be like, it'll be okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially in the pro, well, especially in the pro ship anti ship debate, and maybe Carola will agree with me a little bit. I am not. I'm not used to how quickly I can be gaslit on the internet. Oh yeah, I know. That's like really hard. into like. I'll get a couple of threads in and be like, huh, maybe I am the bad for wanting to oh, see no, Dobby no. clap Hawks' cheeks. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe that does make me the bad. Maybe I shouldn't be sexualizing these characters. And then I'll go back and it's like, what the fuck did this kid try to say to me? Like, <laughs> I am on a completely different level. I know. No one gaslights me. I'm like, you know what? Sit your ass down. I've been here for a very long time, okay? No. I I get it completely. I've gone the thing the thing is, you know what? Like sexuality and identity, everything is fluid. How we learn. How how your psychology works, how you grow as a person, everything mm -hmm. is fluid. I used to be that years ago. I used to be that person who would get so angry. I would just look at something somebody said and I'd be like, this is so wrong, or why are you doing this to this person? I definitely saw back in the free fandom days, you know, mm. um, I was translating, um, I had a friend who was running a really big Tumblr site that everybody knew that I can't remember the name of, but everybody followed it for right. free. And like, we were we were around for the promos. We were like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. when it you was know. The gay swimming anima, I remember. It was, yeah, I yeah. I followed you guys. <laughs> <laughs> probably i went by a completely different name at the time and i don't i didn't realize this but there were a lot of people following my tumblr back in the day because i don't know i forgot yeah. to look at my following because you know i was hiding off in some like sidebar but like right uh i had a 
friend who was trans. Oh, not a friend. I had an acquaintance. <laughs> who was, who Are was you going to talk about that back then? No, you know, you okay. know what? I, I, I've known her. I've known that person since um, I was, oh my God, a baby. A baby uh-huh. fandom person. I was like 14 on Live Journal when I found that translator in the oh, Prince man. of Tennis fandom. Yep, and that'll do it. That'll do it. And I happened to keep running into her through all the evolutions of social media that would be on, you know, from Tumblr. And then she was on, now she's on Twitter and Discord. And I don't follow her around mm-hmm. as much anymore because we're not in the same fandoms. But back Fair. when it was free fandom, um, mm-hmm. she's a big She's a good translator. I know her work is good, and I know she works. She used to work, I think, for a pharmaceutical company in Japan, and then she did a bunch of other stuff. But like, she she's she's on oh. top of it. Yeah. Um, people were sending her some pretty bad threats over the fact that she had translated. Oh god, something some text from Free, and people didn't like it mm-hmm. because it would end up being. It went against their ship. Uh, right. And it's always a ship. It's always, it's always a ship. ship. It's always. And, <laughs> and, you know, I saw just the horrendousness around the free fandom that translators, fan translators, were getting mm-hmm. about, you translated it this way, and you're a garbage translator, and you, you mm-hmm. just don't like our ship, and you're, you're misusing your translating powers and skills to... <laughs> to put down our ship and i was back then i was like i guess i don't know 13 12 whenever free came out 2012 2013 when was that it was 2013 because i was in japan we saw the first episode of free on tv in our hotel room oh my gosh that's awesome okay that's a cool experience i was (laughs) broke and out of college living at home and i saw Makoto's back muscles, and I pledged allegiance immediately. I just remember because I, I was I watched that promo religiously, and then when they announced that it was going to be an actual series, you know, I was so excited. And then we were in the hotel room; it was like super late at night. It aired around midnight, I think, and I screamed because because <laughs> horny girls are up that late. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure the are. entire hotel could hear us because, like, we—I just—we were just like changing channels, and then I was like, "Oh my god, it's the gay swimming anime." <laughs> uh, That'll do it. Like, yeah, and it was plastered. You know that? Uh, I know Ari probably knows this. You know at Ikebukuro Station, the Otomo Road exit that has the—they'll have the huge, you know, like the panels on the walls with you know whatever. Fujo Bait they have going. Yeah. And like the yeah. entire station was just plastered with free. I was like, <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> Not whatever Fujo Bait. So Next I think... called that the shameless um selfie wall. Oh yeah. well yeah. Of you always so. want to take <laughs> <laughs> I also just love the idea of having a Fujo Bait wall. Like that does seem like something that Japan would have. I want this. Uh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Why my Fujo Bait wall. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we need to build one in our respective nations we yeah. just have like a fujo bait wall okay i'll work on that i'll work on that for the entire u.s i guess okay, um, that, that's your job now congratulations i'm gonna uh, <laughs> you've go been elected me. good luck <laughs> wait can we fujo bait can we fujo bait the swedish uh yule goat and then burn it down i guess i guess yeah just like, like stick it, some little photos in there. It's, <laughs> like just plaster it 
outside. Instead yeah, of straw. Instead of hay and straw can just be it can just crumpled be like, up. Like Dokimura. Like Dokimura covers. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have jumped the shark a little bit. It's because we're having fun. Uh, we should probably define some terms. Uh, yeah. What is pro-ship versus anti-ship? And unfortunately, because Twitter is indeed a hellscape, you have probably come across this debate uh, in your casual browsing and not really had known at the moment that this has a name and that this has been a movement. Uh, Eric, do you want to explain to the listeners like in a nice, educated way what this is? Because my only definition for it is young people fuckery. And I don't think that that's a sufficient <laughs> definition. You know, weirdly enough, um, I believe I saw at some point, because there, there are papers and, you know, I, I go through, um, I go through not peer-reviewed articles, but articles mm-hmm. typically from other scholarly people or students who are interested in this, because um, there's not a whole lot on shipping, but there's some, mm-hmm. you know, that anti-shipper had been around since like the X Files. I can see fandom. that. Yeah, nineteen nineties ish, and um, you know, obviously with all these things, you know, it's it's not always super common at the time. But mm-hmm. that one, that one came on really hard and fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anti shipping though was really just what it sounded like. You were anti some ship. That that's mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, like, I don't know, ship wars looked pretty much the same for the most part until we got to 2012-ish, mm-hmm. ish. And I think the evolution may have been taking place before that, but it became more obvious through 2012 right. and then just, you know, snowball down a hill. It was mm-hmm. <laughs> gaining speed quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And that became ship wars it, it went from ship wars to i need to validate my ship war mm-hmm. and validating ship wars went from well gaslighting people or accusing mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and evolved into misusing social issues mm-hmm. to back what you don't like right so as you see it like I don't like this ship. I don't like this character because he's a trigger warning abuser or he's right. uh, he's a toxic person or the the shippers are, as you've heard, pedophiles or something like, you know, some some actual social issue. Right. And that that needs that, that society or people in society are trying to address and they use yeah. it as a, a means to validate what they don't like but at its core it is the same thing it's always been which is just you don't like that ship you don't like that character and anyone mm-hmm. else who that character or that ship is about as garbage as you think the ship and the character are right yeah. and so to echo that point you know I grew up like in ye olden days with like Zanga and Quizzilla. And oh gosh, early yeah. T- yeah, I'm old. Live um, I did this too. Live okay. journal. Like w- I grew up in those old days, and yeah, like we did have very aggressive shipping wars. Like I always say in every episode, and Corolla gets excited when I get excited. This is rooted in combat. Yep. Yeah. 
We have always been a warfaring people. <laughs> we really have, though. We have always been a warfaring people. That's why you have shipping manifestos. That's why you have cannons. That's why you have head cannons. Cannons protect ships. We have always been at war, but we were more at war with each other's ships, never each other. Yeah. yeah. There was this much greater acknowledgement that you are not attacking the person. It isn't the person who is garbage. It's the ship that's garbage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and you might have not liked the person. You might have yeah. been oh, yeah. like, Meh. but, <laughs> but ultimately, yeah. I mean, like, it's not like you were launching a campaign against them as is actually common now. Yeah. And, and I was actually thinking about this yesterday because we mm -hmm. were watching uh, the most recent Naruto spectacle. Uh, and, you know, obviously, <laughs> of course. I was crying my way through it, as I do. Um, mm -hmm. And I was thinking, because I was just screaming the entire time, because Sasuke is an asshat. But I love him, okay? I love he's him. your asshat. Yeah, and he's Naruto's <laughs> asshat. And, and they are my OTP. And all I could think was, I am so glad that, you know, because that was, you know, that was the biggest fandom when, when I was actually active, you know, back in mm -hmm. those olden days. And, mm -hmm. and I was just thinking, the kids today, they would never, because Sasuke would be a toxic person. And if you ship it, you know, if you ship them, if you supported him, you would be a horrible person. And I'm like, I'm so mm -hmm. glad that, you know, that we got to have that to ourselves, that I don't have to deal with this on a daily basis, because this is what you see in, for instance, Hero Academia. And I was thinking about this exact thing. Okay, yeah. first of all, I will not accept the fact that, like, that is the one thing keeping me from, like, just outwardly saying I like aspects of My Hero Academia is, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what these kids are on, I don't know what's happening, but if I see someone advocate for Deku's rights more than actual trans people, I'm throwing hands on the internet. But I have oh, never, yeah. yes. No, but that's the exact thing, right? And I keep saying this, that, you know, even if the character is a douchebag you know yeah. he's still a fictional character and right the people who for whatever reason likes this person that doesn't necessarily reflect reflect on them because shipping is all about dynamics except for me i am also a douchebag who likes douchebag characters well i mean uh -huh. so, am I. <laughs> so am i but like i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna sit around going oh you know, okay, okay, so Sasuke is over there trying to stage some sort of genocide. I don't necessarily support that. <laughs> I don't support really <laughs> controversial opinions over here on the Yaoi shelf. We don't necessarily support genocide done okay. by attractive necessarily. characters. <laughs> we don't, okay, we oh, don't necessarily okay, support never, genocide. Okay, I never support genocide. Okay, good. Don't... Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> Scholarly opinion. Genocide bad. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, no. in these days, honestly, no. though. These, you know, these days, the kids are just really, I think they like genocide too much. I mean, oh, look boy. at Attack on Titan. They seem really glad with the genocidal man bun. But I'm also thinking, you know. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, that. I'm also thinking about that thing that, you know, not to go completely off topic, but you know that thing that happened recently about how, oh, if you're going to teach travesties of World War II, you're going to have to teach them in, in, you know, an objective way. And I'm like, no. As someone who lives in Texas, where we were told, if you teach about how the Holocaust was bad, you also have to teach that it had some okay points. Yeah. Listen, we were occupied, okay? I disagree. I... 
we're Texan. We weren't involved until the last minute, but we have a lot of opinions about it. Oh, don't worry. I grew up in Georgia and I was a hellion. Like, I, I, my history teachers hated me, except for one of them who wasn't actually from Georgia. He just got transplanted there and he was like, oh, thank God, one of you is sane. And <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, sidebar, learning it, like African-American history in Texas yep. is the most cognitively dissonant thing. Like, we were never taught, like, the myth of the happy slave as aggressively as kids are now. But we definitely were taught the myth of the happy slave, uh, which culminates in my least favorite book, which is called A Birthday Cake for Mr. Washington, in which George Washington's slaves bake him a birthday cake because he is such a good slave owner. And this is a book for children. <laughs> this, is a this is a children's book for children that is fully illustrated and it's about how George Washington's slaves all banded together to make him a cake because when he comes home they want to give him a cake because he's such a good chill slave owner that is oh my gosh something. Yeah. that is something but um you know I really I love this conversation because it's something that yeah like I've been struggling with a lot because like that is the one thing that is keeping me out of just fucking saying hey there are some aspects of my hero academia that I don't think are trash I still think most of it's trash, but like overhaul specifically is okay. If we point the camera in the direction of overhaul, Dobby and Hawks, there's a there's a, <laughs> there's a triangle right there that I think is quite good, and then everything else is dumb kids doing dumb kid things. Oh. You know what's really bad about this whole thing is that yes. when you said Dobby and Hawks at first, my yeah brain forgot about Dobby and my hero academia. You thought Harry Potter. You thought I was I was thinking about I was thinking about Hawks from my hero academia because I remembered him. And I was thinking about Dobby from Harry Potter. Okay. And I was like, whatever floats your boat, I say go for it. I am not that much of a deviant. I don't (laughs) there was a fanfic I read once on DeviantArt and it was like Inuyasha and like some uh, I think it was like Inuyasha and Subasa. That like had crossed together and it's like i don't even know if i could enjoy this i just don't know how you got here <laughs> like like i'm sure it's great i just don't know what you're doing like <laughs> i don't understand there's definitely ship tags in ao3 that i'm like you know what i don't even i don't even know i don't know how you got here but i guess good for you if you're happy <laughs> raised eyebrow of our favorite ao3 tag <laughs> But Which I mean, is and forever will be death by dragon fucking. Uh, oh go. my god! There you go. There death you. by dragon fucking is the greatest Ao3 tag that is. You ever know, I'm seen. not even surprised by that at all, at all. Not surprised. Not not the weirdest quote, weirdest thing I've ever seen. I'm so proud of myself for having brought this knowledge to the rest of the world. I don't even think it's that good of a fanfic, but when you have death by dragon fucking, rebirth by dragon fucking, age gap, size gap, come on. Like, there's stuff that needs to be examined here. What? (laughs) Yes. Oh, no, I was going to say what that says to me. I I got ADHD brain sent me off on, Mm -hmm. you know, tangent before I I really said that the last part of my actual education, which was my introduction, because I'm dumb, um, was that I, my end point was media and psychology and social behavior. And what that says to me with the the dragon fucking and the stretched bodies to the limits is essentially that 
that that people want to feel so good that they don't like even recognize it anymore. Like like think about that. Death by dragon fucking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I sit no, here no, and no, I no. break it down. And I'm not, like, what is that actually psychologically look like? analyzing death by dragon fucking? And yet I'm already over here doing it. Like I'm like that makes sense. Like people want to feel so good that they, like they it, it goes beyond like your consciousness or beyond bounds I mean, or yeah, something. Yeah, it, it makes sense because in French, you know, orgasm is le petit uh, morgue, which is the little death. Like, it yeah. makes this... Yeah. Why do I still I know was, this off the top of my head? I started reading... Uh, Somebody's reading gonna know this. The, <laughs> the history of hentai manga, the, uh, the book yeah. that just came out. And mm-hmm. in I think I think it's like in the in the forewords they actually talk about this about you know how distorted some of this manga gets because it's mm-hmm. just about you know it just gets ridiculous when you know the eyes are rolling back and you know it doesn't even seem like they're being pleasured anymore because it's so ridiculous. And right. It's exactly what Ari said, so it makes perfect sense when you look at it that way. Even it if do. It's a dragon. It's been around a long time. Yeah. When I yeah. said I was in archives. Um, I was, you know, this little art history gremlin who is like archiving a lot of art in the mm-hmm. Japanese university. And then at the same time, like I had my own projects. So I was looking at queer presence at all in Japanese art and literature that was like, I don't know, I, I usually stuck around Meiji and Edo. I didn't really go before that a whole ton, but like right. I, I did some of that previously. Right. But like, I mean, they had essentially what was the eyes and the tongue lolling back, less of the yeah. tongue, more of the eyes in mm-hmm. woodblocks, and it usually involved tentacles and octopi and, and whatnot. Ah, and yes, the, the fisherman's wife, yes. Yeah, all that was super common. And oh, it's yeah. Really far back, and, it's, and it's connected to, you know, how, unlike a lot of religions that were around at the time, that Shintoism was so open for mm-hmm. sex that it wasn't shaming anything. It was. I don't want this to sound bad. Shintoism is a sexy religion. <laughs> it is a very sexy religion. Cackles and Roman Catholic. Shintoism <laughs> is indeed a very sexy religion. I mean, on that point, I came across the I came across the term "recovering Catholic" the other day, and I thought about you. You can just say Catholic that does a lot of anal. I have a name. Like, you don't have to say recovering Catholic. <laughs> Catholic Literally, that does whatever t- this conversation is, is sending my cat into Zoomies. I can hear it, <laughs> but I can't <laughs> see it. And that's the best part of you being like a coalescent gender non-binary void. Is that I can hear the Zoomies, but I can't see the Zoomies. It's you like know, It's actually airy doing the Zoomies. Yeah, it's, it's just me. <laughs> It reminds me of the glow cloud from Welcome to Night Vale when Night Vale oh was good. God. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like, it, re- it reminds me of when I liked Welcome to Night Vale. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, the start of this. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, that ship, anti-ship has been around for a while. It is not new, but its current apotheosis is relatively new. And yes, yeah. I used apotheosis because we have an educated <laughs> guest and I want to use big word to look smart. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh I, I I had a, an advisor who, <laughs> Corolla, you said this is why, um, you know, I was this like calm presence. I mean, I have I have a dedicated therapist, and I also my advisor was also a psychologist out of Stanford. Oh. Like mm-hmm. I've been surrounded by people who are like, ah, oh, calm, <laughs> when talking about this, and also I bring them like the craziest like phd research Mm -hmm. suggestions and they're just like 
interesting go for it <laughs> oh my god like i was on i was on a k-pop chat with dr thomas Babinet a little while ago oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and i if any of y'all listen to this i was jargon to death I'm like i will show you the level of education i have i am in the presence of a god and it's, <laughs> like, it's like transorientalism blah 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 cross-cultural <laughs> semi-appropriative heteronormative i'm just throwing out every jargon term i have it's like please notice me i is smart <laughs> i literally forget every single term i've ever learned when i when, when you, like when i'm in presence like that but also because i had i had lecturers that were like particularly my favorite professor who also supervised my my ba thesis who was like mm -hmm. you don't have to use all of these fancy terms and that's what i was no gonna say yeah ridiculous you know right. you want people to understand what you're saying and he was an advocate for not doing that so i kind of you know, yeah i'm getting better but like it was definitely like must impress senpai <laughs> use every word you know but <laughs> I definitely want to get to the heart of the beast here because I think the current version of this is one, the most toxic and two, the most perplexing because I've noticed fandoms getting toxic -er for a while. Yeah. Uh, as a very, very old fan, I saw it with Steven Universe. I saw it with Star Gosh. Wars. Yeah, Steven Universe fandom got real that. toxic. That yeah, one I wasn't even in it, but I remember it. That one turned into a cesspit. Uh, Star Wars, where we literally bullied, we as in collective, not I, or any of us, frankly, <laughs> bullied people you. off. It was just me. I, I, was, I was the shirtless white man yelling at the brown people for having space swords. <laughs> oh, jeez. It was I. Twas I that set the house ablaze. I was the, sh I was the sweaty fat man. Fat white man just <laughs> yelling at brown actors to stop being brown in my space <laughs> opera for children of course it was I can you caught it. me after all these years i just wanted, we knew we knew this whole I just time wanted, i just wanted the two brown actors to kiss that was all i wanted i don't care about the new trilogy i wanted porgs and the two brown men to kiss that's all i cared about those were my priorities for new trilogy I, how do i get porgs and I gay kissing <laughs> I've seen. I haven't even seen all the new ones. I've seen like one or two. And I yeah, I didn't see much. the last one because of like the flashing warning I heard about, and I was like, oh. "Yeah, my." <laughs> it was, I heard it was pretty egregious. <laughs> I can't risk I that. Pretty... <laughs> yeah, I heard it was pretty egregious. But um, okay. So how did we get here? Not as a species, just like. Per... Uh, when do you think that this started? When when. When do you think that this began, Ari? Because I think I have an idea, but I'm probably wrong. No, no, you're probably not. I mean, what's what's your idea? I really think that, like, I think My Hero Academia started it. Uh, I mean, or at I'm least here most current, <laughs> or at least the most current version, because I've seen this yeah. argument for a lot of series, but I've seen it really centralized in Bokuaka. Like I've seen it so centralized because of characters like Endeavor and such like that that it is right. really honed in. And the voice actors are not helping, even though they've worked for companies that did really support real abusers. Yeah. The voice actors are not helping. 
I will be salty about that for the rest of my life that you have a voice actor over here. If you support this character, you support an abuser. You supported a real abuser for years. See, this is why I don't support dubs. No. No. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> this is why I support piracy. Steal from no. large companies. <laughs> no, yeah. I want to say I want to say Voltron actually. Oh, you think it was Voltron that started yeah. ship pro ship anti. Okay. I was around for Voltron. That was that, that was, was pretty gross. I that see, was I actually I can tell you the whole history of it because I watched it literally happen. Oh, I yeah, knew the be, starting point. <laughs> that would be interesting because I've never been into Voltron, but I have some friends, uh, and some cosplay friends who were super into it and then suddenly they they just started getting like piles and piles of hatred for their cosplays because yeah. all of a sudden it's incest and it's and I'm like but I just remember, like, it went from, like, everyone was talking about it to no one was talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk it was, about like, it. a light going on and off. It went from everyone was talking yeah. about it to no one was talking about it. It's like, okay. I think, I think it definitely, I think it started before that. It's, you know, it started spiraling. And then I think yes. it really started hitting the fan with Voltron. And then, as you say, Bokuaka has a lot of, like, has just taken it to completely new levels of hell i think i'll respect that now what is the correct answer since we're probably both wrong <laughs> it's it's really not a correct answer it's really a matter of observation and mm -hmm. the thing is is that i'm i can't think i was sitting here like this is the only analogy that keeps popping into my head but and it's it's relevant and we'll all feel it but it's it's honestly very true unfortunately kind of like covid you know <laughs> where you have this thing that already sort of exists and then it hits right. a large population and right. it evolves and grows and spreads and you know how that keeps mm -hmm. happening you know it, mm -hmm. it changes everything once you hit this one population and then it grows and spreads that's essentially what happened with okay. this sort of movement this idea and fandom like it was sort of building and but mm -hmm. it wasn't so bad it wasn't so many people it wasn't catching mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. and then it hits a certain fandom Mm -hmm. a population and it just spreads like wildfire and right. it just gets going it's like it becomes big it becomes relevant everybody's doing it everybody knows it and then mm -hmm. it kind of hangs out for a bit and then hits the next big fandom and it spreads right. through that one and that's essentially how it's working it, it, it's changed and it's evolved because it hits a population that really you know either knows it or is participating in it and it also depends there's another part of this fandom is not an island no you know we're very interconnected i guess you are. Say, but then we're also a part of larger society and what this, yeah, right <laughs> they like to exclude us but no <laughs> what what in the name of that weird joker movie we're a part of a society oh my god <laughs> oh i know what you're talking about but i'm like oh what is that um, no, we're a part of this larger society. So what you're right. seeing with this heavy, heavy use of um, political identity mm -hmm. in society, you know, mm -hmm. you're, 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 what, in your 30s? Yeah. Yeah. 30s? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm mid-30s. I'm 35. Um, surprise! The void has an age. Um, Am I the baby? <laughs> are you, are you? I'm know. 31. Corolla, are you? 33. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> yes! Do not quote magic to me, child. No, I'm kidding. Uh, 
you're not telling me the old one. <laughs> I just started a new job. Sorry. But like, I'm the oldest person at my new job, basically. And it's like, I am so tired of these fetuses telling me how to do my job. But okay, <laughs> that's a really, really valid point. That like, yeah, we are a part of this greater society. And it does feel like a lot of this, like, frankly, Gen Z really desire to do like identity politics. Yeah, part of and it. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You are the smarter one. Go. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you. I think I just have a tiny bit of lag. So I'm like, start talking. No. I'm like, wait, not done. No, no, no. You're the smarter one. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want you to have a space to say things. Um, it's it's our show. Don't worry. I'm not concerned about that. <laughs> uh, um, it, you know, part of it, I don't, um, it's not somebody's fault per se it's a lot of these i'll just call i'll say younger kids get off my lawn um (laughs) some of these younger people in fandom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also some kids like minors but like younger people Mm -hmm. in general who are not minors Mm -hmm. um have grown up more so than we have to an extent i think we got the tail end of it or the tail beginning i suppose when all the Mm -hmm. identity politics were really ramping up and they got full blast and your i mean (laughs) it's hard to say your morals and your values are now very intricately tied they've always been intricately tied but like this is this is more so this is like you you know when you see people who have um a lot of really sort of private like i consider private or like you know personal um things listed on their bios of like maybe their mental health their age their sexuality identity even their address like (laughs) you know personal things it's sort of a billboard for this is who i am this is what i believe these kinds of things you see it on like card and link tree and all that kind of stuff um and it's sort of it's a it's a baby reflection of mm-hmm. how people carry their identities and their values in society mm-hmm. and so they grew up full blast with this because there are honestly a lot of shitty people who wear their values beliefs whatever on their mm-hmm. sleeve and they're like i hate people and certain groups of people therefore you know and it's like they they grew up with this so they wear what they believe mm-hmm. and their belief sets very strongly and that ties very deeply in with political identity as well and that ropes in social issues into the political identity and Mm -hmm. so bringing that from the real world to fandom and how normal it is how normalized it is um that's when you start to see this sort of i am very vigorously anti-ship or pro-ship or you know it's very very strong it's it's almost like a hillary clinton bumper sticker on your car like yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. P- wait pr amanda moment we are not equating the presidency or candidacy of hillary clinton oh god no <laughs> just i need to i need to make that an explicit statement because someone will misconstrue it we are not <laughs> comparing those two or saying that they're equal Please, no, I just used a random politician's name. <laughs> no, you, no, you did great, but I know, but I know that there will be someone who listens and someone who clips this out of context, oh, and it's like but no. That, yeah, <laughs> that is a perfect but, example, though, of how. Yeah, but you're, but you're right. You're right. It is. 
And that's something that I've definitely noticed. And, you know, when I think about, like, we know when we were online, we were on Live Journal, when we were on, you know, Zanga and stuff like that, like, we did have a lot of modifiers in mm-hmm. our headers, but it was like my chemical romance lyrics. Yeah. And our favorite colors. And, you movie know, movie quotes. Move, oh my God. Movie quotes from the same five fucking movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we had a lot of signifiers in our bios, but you're right. Like, when I think about it now, these. Kids, these I say kids pejoratively. These youths yeah. really <laughs> do. What else is it? I know. There's there's really no other way to say it. These yeah. youths, yeah. you know, they really do give away a lot of information. And it's it's interesting also because I think that there is a bit of, you know, again, old man yells at cloud, you know, <laughs> generational tech angst about it. Because at yeah. least, like, I know when I was taught about how to use the internet from that one Static Shock episode, uh, the way every American learned about the internet from Static Shock, uh, the greatest American television show that taught us about I love writing. Static Shock. <laughs> static Shock was great. Don't worry. There's, there's a whole last episode where Static, who's a black man, invites his white gay-coded friend Richie. You know, they go to dinner together, and Richie's family's actually like, secretly racist. And <laughs> Richie's dad asked Static's dad, so what is it like being a black? And that happened on television. And a lot of, like, black children are very confused. A lot of white children are very confused. And everyone's <laughs> just very confused. Sounds like a great way to learn. It was an excellent way to learn about race relations in America in the 1990s and early 2000s. Wow. It's but, like when they raise the curtain on The Wizard of Oz, everyone's like, the fuck? Right. Right. Like, exactly. But, you know, we didn't give out info like that because we were convinced that everyone on the internet was a 50-year-old man with a van and a sack. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly, very similar to what is happening now, except they are getting in the van. Right. Now they're getting in the van and yelling at everyone as they drive away. (laughs) Okay. Okay. in the van. Yes. But here's the thing. This, this... Yes. They're getting in the van. Mm. This leads to young people who were recently minors mm-hmm. encouraging current minors to be the ones who get into the van to try to defeat the van driver person. Yeah, you talked about guy. this on Twitter this morning, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah, well yeah, it would be morning for you. Yeah, it was me all last night, like yeah, I'm sitting here and be. I love that you're dying over here, man. This is, this is the greatest analogy I've ever heard, but it's also so absurd. It's like, it's these kids yeah, getting in the van. It's, it's, it's literally, it's a great analogy. It's what's yeah, happening. It's a, this is the best analogy for this whole thing. But it's also just, because I'm thinking of like the John Mulaney thing with like J.J. Bittenbinder in oh Street God. Smarts. Where it's like you punch out, you know, the rear view, like one of the lights and you wave to cars behind you. <laughs> like, that's what I'm imagining. Like, that level of absurd. Oh I mean, that's what but, you need to imagine. Like, white van is on fire. There's <laughs> the body of a bad person inside. And you just have all these miners punching out things. It's on fire and it's swerving through the streets. Like, that's right. What's and they're happening. like, but get in the van, though. This is how we defeat the van. That's, that's what the, exactly. That's what they're doing. They're, yeah. they're saying, hey, I was in your shoes and this is how we defeat the van. And I'm like, this is very dangerous because yes. you have forgotten that, that the van adults. Is bad. 
the van is bad for you, yes. the young people, yes. and the adults are the ones who need to deal with the van. It is yeah. very dangerous. Because, like, I, yeah, minors get into my stuff sometimes, and I'm like, mm. are you a minor? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to block you. Because, like, okay, first of all, 18 plus. Second of all, right. like, what you doing in here? It's it's like, you know, a raccoon got into the attic, and you're just like, <laughs> you gotta get out, buddy. That's honestly <laughs> how I feel about every minor in an adult space. It's like they're like, yeah, they are like a raccoon in the attic. In the it's attic. like you can't be here. Like, I don't dislike you. In another life, we probably could have been friends. I but you can't shelter. be here. You yeah, gotta have shelter. I want to give you food, but maybe we can find a better place for you. Like, and I'm not responsible for that. Get the fuck out of my attic. That's like <laughs> I hate that that's a brilliant analogy. I mean, I don't hate it because, like, I think that you're brilliant. But, like, fuck, that's an amazing analogy for it. It's like, yeah, they're just, they're raccoons in the attic. They don't need to be here. We don't want them there. And we've been trying to get them out, you know, gently. But now we got to use fire. Like, we... Right, we you got to call the raccoon rescue, basically. Like, we need right, minor like, service. Like, <laughs> we didn't want to, like, smoke them out. But now we got to smoke them out. They, they won't leave. And that's the um, problem you got to put. You got to put a cover over the window, which is a block metaphorically. So like, like yeah, but, but that's, that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant because that's exactly what it is. And that's something that like I talked about in the former show that like blows my mind when you have minors that come into adult spaces and then yell when they see adult material. And it's, it's like, like the you, raccoons mad they're in your house and you're like, well, right. You climbed in here. Like, what is all this trash? No one said you could be in here. <laughs> No. Nope. Yeah. No. So you have raccoons. You have vans on fire. You know, you have a lot of things. That, There's gonna be so many stickers from this episode. Oh my I god. I'm so glad I can pad your merching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you leave my shameless whore capitalism alone. Someone <laughs> okay. has to pay. Someone has to pay for these expensive lights. All right. Listen, I I I will give you more analogies. I will give you as many analogies. I I told my partner recently that you know they're from. Oh, God, this sounds so stupid. They're from northern areas. They're from New Jersey. I was from, I left at 18 and never went back, but I was from Georgia. Like, mm -hmm. I ran screaming. And um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Atlanta, great. Good people around Atlanta. Everywhere else. Fuck. Everywhere else, garbage fire. Yeah. Um, except for, like, one weirdly liberal town, but I never was there. Um, but, like... <laughs> yeah. um, it's like off somewhere. Anyways, uh, I was telling my partner that I've noticed something. I give a lot of like, I, I, I draw a lot of illustrations for people metaphorically. I give a lot of analogies and they don't. And I said, actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure this is a Southern thing to have like it is. It is. boatloads of analogies and like, cause I've heard a lot of other Southern people do it. And I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, you don't lose some of your roots, I guess. But like, <laughs> No, you don't, because so I, I, I will can give you all the analogies you want. I can verify as a North Tex Texan Southern. There you go. Yeah. yeah, you you do it. It's you it's, know that's how we communicate. It's the only way we know how to communicate. We cannot tell a story that doesn't involve fifteen dead family members and an animal of some kind. <laughs> you you snort because you know exactly what I'm talking I about. Do. Yeah. <laughs> that laugh is the person who understood a reference on a molecular level. <laughs> But, okay, I love where this is going. And um, so we kind of understand how we got here. We kind yeah. of understand who is at play. And I think one of the things that I wanted to really 
talk about is why is this not good? Because from the outside looking in, you would think that this is okay. This is advocacy. It's these kids who, you know, have all this Gen Z bluster. Yeah, I love that. Our- I love advocacy. And I love that they are young kids always yeah. lead us. And and yeah. so the POC, you know, like people of color and women of color, yeah. especially, you know, have a history the of leading us. You know, yeah. they're the future. We should be listening to them. You yes. know, obviously things are bad and broken. They're progressing things. But then every older Fujin, and especially older queer Fujin, which I'm trying to lead us into a conversation about sanitizing queer culture. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I got you. I'm following. <laughs> thank you. But, you know, you have us older Fujin, especially us older queer Fujin, just like on a rock somewhere, like, fucking leave no <laughs> let kink let kink be at pride you know and you know outside looking in it may be hard to understand why we're over here sounding every alarm possible we're just ringing them bells because this is bad there is a troll in the dungeon mm-hmm. so why is this not great outside of, and I have to say this, do not fucking dox people over fictional characters. Do not yeah, throw no. around that they are pedos. Do not call their jobs. Do and not... Stop, stop reporting drawings to the police because you're you're flooding their resources. It's bad. Please dude. do not call the cops on drawings. Please don't call the cops on like, anyone. I, <laughs> I will keep reading this up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't call the cops on anyone, hashtag ACAB, but yeah, do exactly. not, but do not. I was like, can I say it? I'll let Amanda say it, but I also agree with Yeah, no, that don't call the cops on anyone, ACAB, <laughs> but do not call the cops on fictional characters. That is a blanket statement. Yeah, exactly. I can't get over that thing, you know, from the, from the, I can't remember where it was. I think it was like Scotland Yard or something. They actually had a thing up on their website that was like, Please stop reporting drawings to the police yeah. because you're holding up our resources. So and here's the so... thing. Oh, sorry. Yes. It's horrible. No, what's the thing? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is I've actually, this is not official data. This is an observation. Um, so I will say this is what I have observed. Okay. But the police or some sort of authority has been called or reported to a lot. We know this. We've, we've all experienced this. But a significantly, um, uh, oh my god, how are words? More. It's happened more um, mm-hmm. in UK spaces. And my theory behind that they is are, because of they the have turf too presence, much time on their hands. Was turf presence in UK because that's where oh! some of the rhetoric comes from. Oh, yeah. Yes. Turf is really, really big. I keep like getting really scared to say the word turf because, you know, Twitter like bans that word all the time like i get in trouble so i just start spelling it in weird ways like i don't give a fuck in a or trf or something it's like they can't get me but like (laughs) never spell it with an e because they'll come for you yeah i don't give two hoots a turf is a turf call call a spade a spade a turf is a turf i just i get into that like that I've got to censor myself on Twitter and spell it a different way so I don't get banned from Twitter. Yeah, luckily. But on uh, here, I'm like, wait, no, I'm safe. I'm good. I can say that. Also, I keep in mind, I just said ACAB on YouTube. The amount of fucks given between hosts is very diminished. I'm, you know, I'm not even in your country. I'm just like. 
And I That's love true. you because you do not comment often on it. If I get one more lecture from someone not even in the US, but in like another garbage pile country, frankly, like the UK, telling us about how bad we are, y'all are also bad. Everyone's bad right now. Everyone's pretty You're, bad. I know there's I think, a lot of people yeah. dealing with like in the Philippines too. Yeah, I think like only like Finland gets to have like the moral high ground right now. I think they're <laughs> about it. Like no other country really has the moral high ground of some of the Nordic fandoms. I haven't yeah. checked in with them in a long time. I mean, you have you one know. right there. She's oh, the sh- Hi. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I don't even actively participate in fandom because you know it's just okay. It's stressful it is, right now. You know, I'm, I'm exhausted, but also yeah, this is true. I'm exhausted because it's a garbage uh, fire. But, but yeah, I think. I think we are also seeing it more here. I think I've said this multiple times on the pod as well that, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of this, and this is coming from, you know, from the outside perspective, that I definitely feel that a lot of this is, you know, the American perspective seeping into every corner of fandom because we can't escape mm-hmm. it. Because if you go on the internet, if you talk, you know, if you write in English, people mm-hmm. are going to think that you are American because yeah. that's mm-hmm. how it is. American centric. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's incredibly US centric. Uh, and, you know, again, and I said this before, like Norway has a really, we're pretty open about, you know, like sexuality. You know, I've mm-hmm. had, again, I don't discuss with people on the internet, but I've had discussions with people where they've been like, oh, you know, sexual content featuring American minors. Keep that in mind, right? Because, you know, not all countries have the same, you know, age, uh, you know, in, in Japan. You're not an adult until you're 20. And, mm-hmm. you know, in Norway, mm-hmm. you're not an adult until you're 18 either. But but our, our you know, our legal age for sex is 16. So it's perfectly normal here to see a lot of sexual content featuring teenagers. And mm-hmm. then you will have an, a conversation with someone who's in a different country, you know, who is in the U.S. And they'll be like, this is pedophilia. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> this is, from, well- you know, I'm from a country where this is. You know, and they're like, no, but they're not 18, so it's still wrong. And I'm like, okay, that's... But it's also like, sorry, speaking as an American, but also as a Texan, we have a Romeo and Juliet clause. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they do we that don't have... Older minors, basically, or younger minors, yeah. or whatever it is, I can't remember. But, like, we don't have a leg to stand on in that. Child yeah. marriage is still legal in a shocking yeah. amount yeah, of states. Yeah. Like... Like, that's the issue, because it'd be one thing, and this is also what I'd love to bring up about this conversation, like, pro-ship, anti-ship, with making it about this, like, identity politics thing, is that you're talking, you're usually saying it at people who are genuinely affected by these concerns, that who are genuinely affected by worries about sexual assault, who are worried about transphobia, who Mm -hmm. are worried about... Who may be fucking living it, who yeah. may be survivors of it, yeah. who use thick and kink to work through it, cough, the writer's barely disguised fetish. You know, you're you're yelling at the people who are most affected by it mm-hmm. when we don't have the we don't have a leg to fucking stand on. I don't want to think about how many states in the U.S. still allow child marriage, like actual child marriage, not a euphemism, not a joke. This is a thing. And I think that's where I get so frustrated that I can't even have a conversation about it, is that it dilutes the conversation away from actual concerns. Yeah, but it's the same thing as, you know, going back to 
to the whole sanitizing LGBTQ plus spaces, it's the mm -hmm. same thing as, you know, trying to talk about trans people and how hard it is to just get basic rights and all, mm -hmm. you know, all the media and all the public wants to talk about is the goddamn, you know, bathroom debate, yeah. you know, it's yeah. the same thing. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah and I mean, what's bad about it? A lot. <laughs> you know, it's, um, you ever, you know, oh God, here's another analogy. I hope you're ready. Um, ready. You know, you have a junk box. Yes. Yeah. You have a I have junk several. box. I've, several, I've, yeah. I've, I've been, I thought I'd been very good, but I'm like, no, no, we have a junk box. Um, <laughs> we, all we, all we all do. We have, we have a junk box. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, we just all got on social media and collectively dumped our junk boxes into the same pile and now half of us are like well fuck it it's gone and half of us are like oh i still gotta find my stuff in the junk pile and it's like this multi-billion people involved <laughs> junk pile and that's what's so bad is <laughs> to say that we have intersecting issues yeah that's obvious look at all the junk in the pile look at all the people involved and you're throwing them all together in one space and mm -hmm. that's why this is so bad there's so many issues there's so many different things going on there's anti-sex anti-women homophobia transphobia mm -hmm. racism mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch more that i can't even name because you know sleep ableism, oh the ableism you know right. i just i just saw i just saw um you know and we've all seen this but like it, it's it's from everywhere white trans person telling mm -hmm. other white trans person that they're not trans enough and saying look at the cis girl trying to be trans like it's just, it's just constant queer on queer crime <laughs> and, and then there's the racism and it's rampant everything it's just absolutely it is, you know, it is. the mean girl scene it is, it is. And I, I hate that. I hate that about these spaces that we devolve into infighting every time. You know, I, I hate that so much, but I think what's especially dangerous about this particular uh, iteration of pro-ship, anti-ship, is that it's affecting real media. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's... We, what was that whole fallout with Seven Seas over the weekend where it's like, we're censoring this whole ass thing? Yeah. Uh, wait, was that Seven Seas? Because I was thinking of the, you know, the in Animate International debacle. Just it was Animate International, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Seven Seas did fine, it was Animate International, I misspoke. But yeah, yeah. like it's like, we're going to censor this whole last thing because we are afraid of backlash. They basically said, we are afraid of what the children will say. <laughs> Yeah. And, and they were like, because they were talking about their terms of, what was it, terms of content or whatever, and they didn't want to disclose mm -hmm. what those were. I've read the manga in question. Mm -hmm. I don't see the problem. I've not mm -hmm. read it, so I'm not sure. I just know that they took out the volume. No, it's basically, mm -hmm. it's basically, um, it's like a, it, it's, there's like a demon who, who, who lives in a forest and supposedly steals kids. Like, you know, Rip. children go wandering into <laughs> into the forest and then, the, the, you know, the demon takes them. Uh, and okay. Then this, okay, which sounds bad, but it's... Oh, yeah, I'm like... Mm. I'm thinking about that white van again. 
Yeah, yeah the van, the van's rolling it, around, pulling up. But it, it kind of sounds like, you know, that's kind of like the premise. It sounds like one of those typical fairy tales. You're like, don't go into the forest because the demon. Right, right. And then there is this, there's this, you know, you see this boy who lives with this demon or this magician uh, that he's been raised by. And you kind of see him in different stages of his life. And mm-hmm. turns out he was one of the kids who, you know, went, wandered into the forest. And now he's a grown man and he has a relationship with the demon. So it's one of those. But it's, oh. it's done really like I. It isn't explicit. It's not. I mean, okay. and when I say that, like you can't see any genitals. There is sex, but it isn't. Um, it, it has like a plot twist. I don't want to give away the, the mm-hmm. twist because it, it's actually quite a sad and, and quite lovely story. But, you know, I think that if you. If your head is screwed on right and you read this, I don't think that you could read. You shouldn't be reading into it as, you know, being pro child abduction or pro, you know, whatever. I don't no, what, what I'm he- what I'm like, hearing is that I should be doing more grooming of children. I'm <laughs> just saying. I have to... <laughs> yes, of course. God. Sansa, that van, that van. You have a cat. Okay. Yeah. Sansa, I don't like that that's what summoned you. We're not talking about grooming of cats. I was talking about demons. Now we know where the demon lives. Yeah, now we know where the demon lives. Yeah, sounds like that van's revving up. Yeah, but the point is, I I have read, I've seen manga, you know, licensed in English, published in English, that has things that are a lot more concerning than this particular story. Twittering birds never fly. And I was going to say Loveless. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's an interesting one. (laughs) <laughs> because you know but i just i just feel like there is nothing in this really that that is worse than anything that just thinking about just thinking about um there was um there was a kuma pub title that came out i think like last year that mm-hmm. had some really like short esque characters in it mm-hmm. i can't remember what it was called uh and i mean i f- like I felt like that, you know, no one really reacted to that, so I don't see why. And especially because it's anime. Like we know what we know what the Japanese stores are selling. Why are you censoring yourself for the American market or for the the international market? I really think it mm-hmm. all falls down to they don't want to be canceled. Yeah. Yeah, and canceling just, is a I very aggressive don't... force. Yeah. It is. It is. I, I'm still with the demon story. I'm kind of like I've. I mean, it's not the first time I've heard of a story like that, honestly, coming out of Japanese well, media. There's always yeah. been a lot and, of demons. And what's so shocking to me is, like, and I think this is also something that frustrates me a lot, is, like, ancient Magus's bride. Yeah. No one raised any shit about that. And I had serious issues with that kind of story because, like, that's just on the storyline that I like in anything. That is just not, like, it has nothing to do with str- straight or not. I don't like that kind of storyline ever. I think it. I have major issues with agency in that, and regardless, but like no one was over here clattering, you know, pitchforks for that one. It was fine. It seems like it's really, really localized in, to be very, very frank, things that give women pleasure, like <laughs> Yowie. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, if yeah. you think about, if you just break it down to just facts, mm-hmm. what audiences? Are usually the target audiences of the stories that are being most criticized. There's either things that, you know, why are my cats fighting? Okay, anyways. 
question, the question that every cat owner yeah. asks, why are my cats fighting? <laughs> like, my little voids are fighting. Anyways, um, but, you know, like, women um, yeah. in, in Japan, you know, because they don't, they have a binary sides of the survey. They don't have in between. They just have women or men on their surveys, typically, for um, right. publishers. Yeah. So that's why I'm speaking that way. But, like, yeah. um, you know, a women's audience or, you know, then there's the men's audience. And so I'm sitting here like, okay, well, the ones that we keep seeing criticized are the ones meant for the women's audience. Now, you do mm -hmm. hear about general criticism about mm -hmm. Shoda, Loli kind of things. But they also yeah. tend to be titles that women enjoy, not men. I almost never mm -hmm. hear any specific titles that men enjoy brought to light almost ever it's always something mm -hmm. that there's a women audience for yeah. so yeah. i think that also has something to do with it and that's true for um for, i think for honestly a lot of media i did uh i did a panel a few years ago about the mary sue trope shameless plug um, right and you know i said you know the mary sue's considered a character you know that just fits in she knows everything she's hyper competent uh why does this sound really familiar and my next slide is like all these shonen males mm -hmm. <laughs> And it's like, because we've done this, we keep doing it, and no one says anything when it's Yusuke Urameshi or Goku, but we say it when it's young women trying to find themselves in particularly sexist and harmful media and trying to write themselves in a place of power when they are powerless in their own society. Mm -hmm. We have yeah. a problem with that. Okay. Pop off, I guess. You know? <laughs> Pop off, I guess. Like, if this is your hill. But you're right. Like, it seems to be very directly pointed at queer people and women. And what I've seen it especially is at older fans. There was, um, this is apocryphal, of course, but I remember seeing this in the book Waka Twitter where an older woman got a tattoo, like, inspired by Kirishima. Because oh, she really liked his character. And they called her job and said that she was a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like, of course, you no, know, fired, life ruined. But like, I think it also Jeez. ties into this sort of like existential angst of like, were we supposed to grow out of being gay and fans? Are we supposed to not be in these spaces anymore, even though historically it's been older fans? that make these spaces because i promise you if you go point in the direction of ao3 it is not 16 year olds with too much time on their hands that are making fanfic i mean let's play with that idea let's say let's all the old fans leave we all okay. we all, we all go best... to old weeb island we, we all... go to weeb island you know we go to retire and yes at 30 and um... <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to be dead by 30. yeah, yeah realistically yeah. we're supposed to be dead but you know, you know the number of kids I've, I've had i've had more than one and that's one too many who yes. told me that they were surprised i was still alive at 30. Oh my because God. they did not intend to be i mean tbh yeah like for similar uh bridge reasons i am surprised that i'm here this long <laughs> yeah like i was just kind of like yeah what what is <laughs> but like you know let's play with that idea if we if we did leave well guess who's gonna be told to leave next that would be the creators the actors the mm -hmm. the people who actually produce this content because uh, mm -hmm. they're 
They're old. A lot of them are not in their mid-30s. You got 40s, 50s, yeah. 60s. Yeah, the guy who voices Victor from Yuri on Ice in English is not a banging Russian twink. No, that he's is a, a bald old white man. Uh, and, and again, you oh, you okay, I was talking about the Japanese one. <laughs> oh, no, I said American. That English VA is the same guy that I think voices Vegeta. He is a balding old white man. Ooh. He is not a banging Russian twink. But again, you know, not only, you know, the creators and, you know, who do you think makes this for you, but also mm -hmm. who keeps fandom afloat? The adult fans. Because if you are, you know, in your teens, you live at home, you don't have any income, you know, you can't afford supporting mm -hmm. the creators. Like I, I went to, when I was in, when I was in Japan last year, I was able to go right before the pandemic hit. And we went to, we went to three concerts and we had like, we had like VIP tickets. They were, I don't even want to talk about how expensive they were. <laughs> but all we know people, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the people who had tickets for the, the first 10 rows, which were the diamond seats, were mm -hmm. all like women mostly who were in their 50s. Like, yeah. they were mm -hmm. old, like they were aunties because they are the ones keeping, you know, the idol industry afloat and, and they're the ones keeping you know this this type of industry afloat because they can they have the money to spare and they right. can afford just spending money on themselves yeah this reminds me a lot of um this was pretty uniquely american but you probably can understand it a little bit corolla was uh, like the twilight moms yeah oh yeah like like the older sect of women that just really found themselves in twilight because you know it's a gross mary sue self-insert story about a hot immortal who cares about one person entirely too much I'm you know flashbacks to this to this oprah episode they did on twilight moms oh my, oh god. my god i would love to see that we'll have to dig it you know what we'll, we'll, we'll i'll see if i can throw it up in the discord because i feel like we can hunt that down but yeah, yeah like it reminds me of, like the twilight moms and like how people i think they got it at the end i'm using air quotes if you are listener only I think they understood it then, but it was also like mostly upper middle class white women. So they had to understand it. I'm pretty sure if it was like black or Asian women, it'd still be like, look at them whores. <laughs> look at them old whores. <laughs> I was really, really late to Twilight. Like, I was never I into started. Twilight. I, was never I, I, I wasn't, I'm not really in the fandom, but I am. I don't, I, you know what, maybe it's the whole, like, media psychology thing, but, like, I'm obsessed watching it sometimes, because I'm like, mm, that's a red flag. <laughs> you know what? I'm lying. My former best friend was super into Twilight, went to the midnight releasing of, like, I think it was, like, one of the last books, and it was Twilight Prom themed. And he took me to, he took me to Twilight Prom at Barnes and Nobles in the mall. It's like 11.50 at night and all of these like junior high kids are there. Like junior high and high school. We're like in our first, second year of college. And I'm miserable. I look great, but I'm miserable. <laughs> I look great. I'm upset. And this little kid walks up to me. He's like, oh my God, are you the Bella to his Edward? And I looked at them and said, for $5, you can have him. For $5, you can keep him. I don't care. No. Oh my god. But I think that, you know, Twilight, that's actually interesting because because uh we've talked a little bit about how I am a hypocrite because I <laughs> Yes, we have. We have. Yes. No, okay, because you know, I, I now, you know, I'm I'm old, I'm tired, and I am much more open to things now. I'm much more, mm -hmm. you know, like 
like I have multiple ships now, whereas before I'd be like, no, it's these two, and I don't want to see any other constellations because it. Makes this is true. Bad. This is true. Yeah, but but I remember because I have I really really do not like Twilight, and I really don't like it because when it you know when it comes okay first of all you know I I had a problem with the sparkling vampires you know. It, it, <laughs> I I want my vampires to die in sunlight. I want You want non-sparkly vampires. <laughs> I want Spike from Buffy. That's what I want. I was about to uh, say. I feel like I I feel like I know what you want and yeah. it is not yeah, it is definitely not Ever Cullen. No, I want Spike. Anyway, so I want them to be snarky and British and drinking pig's blood out of a commercial mug. But I <laughs> but I <laughs> The Twilight thing was, you know, because that's when I started becoming aware of, you know, red flags in fiction. And, and mm. also because, you know, Stephanie Meyer was... There were a lot of things there. That yeah, that's a big there. reason why I watch it is to, like... I, yeah. I comment a lot on Stephanie Meyer's intentions and mm. also how she had said in an interview that she's... You know, she, Bella is basically supposed to be her to a degree. Yeah, and, right. and I was like, well... To me, God, Twilight's gonna come after me. To me, Bella's racist. You, yeah. Bella's racist but because she chose the entitled, rich, immortal white man over the poor, rich, brown native who, course, guy. Yeah, whose last name was Black, you know, just to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's layers. But yeah, we were actually reading... There was a website called Mark Reads Twilight. and we. So I've never read the books. I've just read this guy, Mark summarizing chapter by chapter mm -hmm. how horrible everything is but I was it's, like, it's pretty trash yeah and i was really vehemently anti-twilight because mm -hmm. you know i i essentially see a lot of you know the kids of today in myself at that time because i was like this is so harmful but it was harmful on a different level because people were romanticizing you know the stalking and the gaslighting and all of these red flags that you know mm -hmm. of edward particularly and they were like mm -hmm. oh this is so romantic and it was being sold to young girls and also mm -hmm. you know 50 shades of gray selling non-con to housewives and disguising it as and also as just bad anal yeah. Just bad, just very bad depictions of anal. Also, there's a line in Grey, which is Fifty Shades of Grey fanfic written by the author, it's Dojin, from Christian's perspective, in which he puts a piece of peeled ginger in a girl's ass. Don't do that. Oh, Don't put no. peeled ginger in women's asses. Peeled ginger. corn. You know, it needs I just, to be a, a corn. Corn don't do this to me. We're not going back there. But I also, like, say. you say spice, you say ginger, peeled ginger, and, like, yeah. immediately the TikTok comes up to me, like, because I've been on TikTok all this year. The, TikTok is the, amazing! You know, the, the, why is it spicy kind of thing. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Also, in that book, he says, I'm going to make you come like a freight train. And it's like, so heavy oh but God. late? <laughs> Rumbling and inefficient? Never. This is this, should, this, this is an entirely American-centric view because these yeah. are our freight trains. Yeah, these are American freight trains. These lumbering titans that are always, like, graffitied and probably have, yeah. like, five homeless men inside of them. Like, what are you talking about? Anyways, uh, oh, I yeah. love this conversation so much. I'm sorry. I'm fangirling in a way I that I have not fangirled in a while. Yes. No, I don't know if I had a point to this, but but yeah. But I'm sorry. Is, you know, no. I what what is point? <laughs> that I have no point, but I mean, my point is, you know, that that obviously 
to a certain extent, fiction does uh, fiction does affect reality. Of course, but, it does. But it yeah, you know, it's all about how that. you know the context and and what that yeah. effect is. Because for know, sure, I'm not saying that it's inherently damaging to read Twilight, mm-hmm. but it's just. The way that it was presented, I had a problem with the way that it was presented, mm-hmm. and and I think that that is similar but different to what we're seeing today, yeah. where you know the whole pro ship anti ship movement is. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that the term pro shipper, which literally means you know that you know, oh you you know, it's like what you know we argue on this show all the time because you know we never have the same ship, we never agree. We on do anything. not. No, we do not. <laughs> and 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 it's like. But you do you. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. And <laughs> you are also entitled to your wrong opinion. Like that's the thing, you know, yeah. you you look at us, we can sit here and poop on Twilight because, you know, there's some things that <laughs> need to be addressed. But like there, you know. we'll sit here and say, but like I've I've watched it too mm-hmm. many times because one, I'm a sucker for Pacific Northwest, and two, like, you know, you just it's want just that green foliage porn. <laughs> I want the what? You want that green foliage porn? Want, I really do. Like that is my plan in life. My plan in life is to like haunt some forest. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. Okay. So I was waiting for you to say like you know own a cabin. I was waiting for like something like present tense. Nah, you went full. I would love to be a ghost in a nice tree. So <laughs> like the reason, the reason I don't like Twilight, you're telling me, is because they moved to Forks, which is the rainiest place in America, and I was like, listen, I have enough forest and rain. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's the reason. But, you know, I think, you know, to, to kind of put a bow on this, I think for me, and you guys may echo this point, please tell me if I'm wrong, I think that's been the most frustrating aspect of this debate is it feels like it's grasping at something valid. Like, I, I know I can say as a fan that was in a lot of these spaces in like the halcyon old west days, that it was not great. There may not have been an influx of men in vans, but there were definitely men in vans. Like, I don't think it was to the level that children think it was or that like our parents did back in the day, but there were definitely men in vans. Were there definitely things that happened to me in fan spaces that I would look at more harshly now? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, are there things about fandom that are not great? Yes. But this is not the way to get those points across. Doxing people and using hate speech and trying to overly sanitize adult spaces that you are not supposed to be in. And I acknowledge that I benefited from being in those spaces when I shouldn't have been. Yeah, I'm no, I fully was acknowledging one of the that. Children who's I was, like, you know, it's yeah. my my old YouTube will forever have my age wrong because I just made it whatever birthday I needed to to be old yeah. enough to watch <laughs> AMVs, whatever I needed to do to watch the same Lincoln Park song to Sasunaru, I did it. <laughs> but I think we've all been there, and I don't think that there is anything necessarily wrong with it because it's a natural you know you're curious and you want to enjoy the things and you want to you know see your ship sailing it's just i'm gonna you know, slightly the... disagree but no go ahead ari oh i was gonna say you know nothing is binary nothing neither am i you know <laughs> <laughs> nothing here is there's binary that void again. There's, there's, there's... That void again 
Like, I'm sucking y'all into the void. Um, yeah. Nothing is binary. Nothing. And I mean, like, you can say, oh, killing. Killing is binary. Yes, it is. But why did the killing occur? Was it an accidental right. man thing, manslaughter? Was it in intended, intentional? You know, there is always more information. And what right. we desperately, desperately need mm -hmm. is critical thinking. In addition to boundaries. These are the yeah. two things that I preach. Yeah. Our boundaries are God and, mm -hmm. and uh, critical thinking. Because you sit here and what I was saying was like, we can sit here and poop on Twilight. And criticize it. Legitimately criticize Stephanie Meyer's intentions because Absolutely. she had some bad ones. Um, she did. You know, so she, let me let me not use bad. She had some intentions that have repercussions for people who are not as privileged as her. Right. And I also don't like that she gave no money to the one tribe that she depicted, and they have exactly. to have like personalized person to say, "Hey, we're not werewolves." Like they had to elect <laughs> like a PR person that. to educate people to say that we're not werewolves. Yeah, yeah, and that's, but, but, like, that's a conversation at all. <laughs> yeah, like, but then there's 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 what we do. A lot of people, yes, younger people who are around yes. anti-shipping currently, mm -hmm. or you know, uh, are anti-shipping currently, mm -hmm. think that we don't criticize media at all. They <laughs> they think that we're just like, you know, unconditionally in love with That's all bl and the thing is is they're missing when we're talking about you know oh that was a really bad representation or oh that was particularly unnecessarily graphic or what was what was right. with this yep. what was with this plot device using you know something violent against women or men as a plot device or what was this portrayal or you know self-lubricating right. assholes we gotta always put that in here and oh <laughs> You know, so, I'm like, when I hear self-lubricating assholes, I'm like, that person has IBS. Like, <laughs> no, but I can't see. Oh my God. You are not wrong and I'm not happy about it. Like, you know, I, I just sit here, we do, I choked. I choked Please don't die. I'm dying. Like the this. void is dying. Not, um, not like this, not on our show. <laughs> And the voids, time has come. No, um, no. but like we do criticize things. We, we do. do criticize things. Yeah. We also talk about media and how it does create or results from current situations mm -hmm. in society. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. But there there are these sort of there are these perspectives that we just, you know, and I think it's quite stubborn. I think it's stubborn. I think half the time I think people are, you know, intentionally lying that they don't think we criticize anything because it's the purpose is more to be antagonistic. And I think yeah. I said this in a tweet recently where a lot of presence on social media <clears throat> in these spaces is it's, it's more of to release pressure and emotional stress. And thus people are, more prone towards that unwillingness to actually have a conversation. They're not there to have a conversation. They're there to <laughs> temporarily feel better. So like they they want to stir the pot. They want to and be antagonistic and, and some things like that. And then there are people who are genuinely confused and, and yeah. you know, they may think they're not confused, but, but they, they haven't are. really questioned <laughs> wh why they have that perspective. If you, right. you need to sit down 
and you question, why do I have this perspective? How did it form? And where did it come from? Where did it originate? Where where did I learn this? And why do I believe this? And that's just called self-awareness, which everybody yeah. And a lot of these kids that have, but I really want to zoom in on this point, you know, as we kind of wrap this up mm -hmm. that you said, where it's a lot of self over identification. And I noticed that again, to be a Sundari about Bokuaka, I think that is where a lot of the Deku stuff comes from is a yeah. lot of these kids are just over inserting themselves. They, there is a Deku xenogender. A what? They made up her gender, yeah. They made like they made a deco like xenogender, like a new gender that you can deco gender yourself. There's is that like Ken? Do you remember? Yeah, Ken? yeah but more aggressive. Interesting. It's more I aggressive know, than Kenny. I but, one of the things I heard about on TikTok was um uh what whatever this new form I can't remember what they called it. I'm so old. Um, the new form of astral projection or whatever, but. Did you hear? Oh my god. Okay. So, oh, I can't remember what it's called. This is going to kill me. Um, it's, it's, they're using some new word now. And it's basically what, what it is, is they think they are astral projecting into the whatever world of their comfort character and living there for days, months, hours at a time. And, it, yeah, exactly. I remember this This was sort of a thing, but we called it astral projection back when we were, you know, the youngins. But I don't no, think it was no, this no, no. level. We called it a hallucination. <laughs> no, no, no. We did not call it astral projection. We we called it disassociating. This is all a safe space. Um, if you were listener only, I apologize that you guys could not hear that judgmental black auntie head tilt. Yeah, no, it was full on. <laughs> that, that just Tyler Perry movie judgmental auntie head tilt. I was like, don't tip your chair back. <laughs> it can't. It's too expensive. <laughs> this chair costs a lot of money to keep me firmly in one place. Uh, this is okay. really important. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, this is really important, but it seems, you know, I'm sure you've heard of parasocial interaction and parasocial relationships. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, you know, I'm so glad because I don't know when people started catching on to it, but that, that was literally a large part of my PhD work. And I say PhD, I'm not a doctor. I was a PhD dropout because of a happening with the university and, you know, uh, you have women a PhD and... In our heart. We'll yeah, I have I have a PhD in my heart. I did the work, but you know, yeah, some of us left I, because of a white man. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> well, you know what? I'll, I'll design you a special honorary doctorate on behalf of the Yowie <laughs> Show. How does that sound? I'm just Doctor Void, and yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll design you a nice honorary PhD. How does that but sound? Like, <laughs> I love it. I would I'll get my PhD from Yowie Shelf, the school of Yowie <laughs> Shelf. Yeah, and like, uh, but you know, I did this work with the psychologist who is my advisor with parasocial interaction, mm -hmm. and I did it specifically in this realm of media and you know i talked about some other ones but i was really honed in on this one and mm -hmm. how much it's intensified and you know it, really there was no there there were no statistics as to why this is just it, it's more qualitative mm -hmm. than anything but because you're really just interviewing but it really mm -hmm. boils down to you know social media immersion um, finding identity again within mm -hmm. these characters, but the parasocial is just unparalleled now. Now, parasocial is not a bad thing. 
initially. No, like it is not we, inherently we, negative. I have parasocial relationships with character, not relationships, interactions with character. Where like your favorite character mm-hmm. dies and you are just depressed, and you're like, oh no, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's that's parasocial, and it's yeah. it's where this, you know, um, for for anyone listening, I guess parasocial interactions, parasocial relationships, are where you have this emotional investment in an entity in this case in our case fictional non-real people characters um but the overall definition is an emotional investment in someone who doesn't know you exist so where it really sort of originated was with like fans of celebrities they don't know you exist personally they're they're not in a relationship with you but you feel very emotionally tied to them yeah like how everyone feels about henry cavill's ass yeah (laughs) Like, everyone feels about Henry Cavill's ass. Just his ass. It's a good ass. Um, But, I don't know. There's something about that definition of parasocial that, like, hurt my gut a little bit. Like, who don't know you exist? Like, rude. I know I know. I'm sorry. Like, like, I know that they don't know I exist. But rude. It also also reminds me of, um, not to beleaguer the point, but um, a lot of the supernatural drama that yeah. happened where we thought that Jensen Ackles was homophobic because he didn't do Destiel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And, uh, again, like, I'm saying we as a fandom. I was not in that category trying to get <laughs> Jensen Ackles, real human married actor, to sign my fucking hentai Bible. Don't do weird stuff with voice actors, please. Or regular actors, your voice actors do not care about your fanfic. They will not voice your porn. Yeah. I mean, some I mean, of them might. Some of them might, but most of them will not voice your porn. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, parasocial, um, I can't actually remember when one of the, I was, I'm trying to think of when the history of it sort of was starting to pop up. I'm pretty sure it was either late 80s or 90s when it was popping up um, that people were starting to use that term. I think because, well, it was all, it was because of fandom. And really what was easiest for researchers to hone in on was people who were fans of celebrities. That was easiest because media is just sort of constantly swaying. So like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was some obviously with Star Trek, but I don't think they were. Star Trek, celebrities, and D&D are kind of where a lot of this OG media research sort of started that we're dealing with currently. Obviously, yes. there was stuff before that. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there um, was media before Star Trek, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, there was. Heavily so, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but the parasocial stuff, I think they started to be like, huh, and they started to study it around then. Um, but I think it sort of started to pop up. I think it became quite popular in the 90s, but it didn't really go any further because people are like, what are you talking about? And then it was the early 2000s that it just exploded in research. And then for me, I really didn't start seeing it in fandom until maybe like a year or two ago, around the time I was also tweeting about it. So I don't know, maybe there's like other scholars in there also tweeting about it. But I remember some of my first parasocial tweets were about banana fish. (laughs) because trauma um (laughs) but um you know the thing is is that plays such an important part but there's different levels of parasocial and you know we can have i think older people older fans have a lesser level of parasocial because we just have less exposure and less immersion um to a degree where when you live on the internet 
I mean, it's basically, what do I want to call this? The Matrix? It's basically the Matrix. Like, like they're in there and they're not coming out. And us, we, we've we taken the pills and we occasionally like, revisit the Matrix. Like, that's about uh, where okay. we are. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, I want to agree with you, but like, we, I mean, I'm, I don't want to quote Great Gatsby, but like, we turned out okay in the end. I mean, he's dead. He's floating in a pool. I never understood that opening <laughs> line. I know it's supposed to be ironic, but it's like, Gatsby, he turned out all right in the end. He's dead. He's, but, but that's, yeah, uh, he yeah. escaped. That's why he's okay. Yeah, he got out of it by, <laughs> by death, by being murdered. But like, yeah. yeah, spoiler alert well, for the Great Gatsby. Well, we just there's really just huh? not a way to say we know how this is going to turn out because we're still in the middle of this sort of yeah, happening. We're yeah. we're still in the middle of this muck, and um, but yeah, like I was thinking about that when you said it that it's like I don't. Because I think we make it an age thing because it does seem to be an age thing. Like, we're not making it an age thing just because. Yeah, yeah, like, we're not making this an age thing because we're ageist. Like, there are definitely cool younger fans. Absolutely. There are definitely rancid older fans. (laughs) But, like. That you have to watch out for. uh, Yeah, those are sleeper cells. They'll fucking get you. But Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) it really does seem to be, like, a very clear Sharks versus Jets us and them that yeah. you have the older fans on one side of the field and you have the younger fans on the other side of the field but instead of meeting in the middle the younger fans are just threatening our jobs and stuff and we're just trying to fucking live i think it's so sad and i you know i've said this before because i really hate the whole us and them thing because as, as an adult in fandom as someone who's been here like i've been in fandom since i was 11 years old okay when the mm-hmm. internet was young Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had dial-up internet and and <laughs> and yep. i just one of my favorite things now is that as an adult i get to do all these cool things right i'm a convention organizer i'm a panelist mm-hmm. i do this mm-hmm. podcast i write we have money to buy merch we have so much money to buy merch and i get to do this and i get to immerse myself in the things mm-hmm. that i've always loved and i love seeing Especially, you know, because I am in Norway, and like I've said, we are incredibly small. Like, we didn't, you know, I, I know I've said this, but when you talk, whenever you talk about, you know, your fandom experiences in your teens, mm-hmm. you know, and your convention experiences, we didn't have conventions. And right. I, I, yeah, I didn't go to a convention until I was in college. And, and <laughs> we didn't have them in Norway until like 2000. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, so... So I feel so privileged to have been part of this growth and to see it grow and that I get to see all of these, you know, seeing the young ones grow up, you know, and, and, and you know, seeing people who I remember from the early days of fandom who are now bringing their kids to the convention that I am organizing. And I absolutely love it. And I think it's so sad right. that it's become so, so violently... Yeah. such negative spaces because it's, it's such a great you know it's such a great space to be in you know fandom is absolutely fun. and it's supposed you know to for be fun and it makes me sad well and for me also and airy you can probably speak to this as well is that we needed our fandom elders back in the day yeah, yeah. they had the seed files they knew the translation websites they had that one friend who was living in japan who would bring you your boys kissing comic books? Because we didn't have subscription boxes, and we they were didn't seeding have... the torrents. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, they had our seeds. They had like we needed our elders because yeah. they had 
they were doing the stuff. Like we did not have. They were the ones who knew that. Japanese who were. They, you know, yeah, they were the ones who us. knew fucking Japanese and were like, "You fucking idiot child, let me fix this for you." You know, they're we needed that, and you know, yeah, go a ahead. large part of the age thing, though. You know, I I don't like the us versus them because I really believe you know in the younger generations quite a bit um, because they're 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 our future, um, mm-hmm. but why there's such sort of this divide also is because we're talking 18 plus on a lot of stuff that that ends up being a natural divide because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're a minor and you're like aha i'm in here in the 18 plus look at me with a megaphone i'm be like what are you doing buddy like you need to get out <laughs> right whereas we but, were like i hope they won't find me i hope they won't kick me out exactly yeah we were were very lurky yeah we mentioned that in uh when we talked about some of this stuff in the old show where yeah we we made an analogy to blockbuster like and again this is very american-centric i apologize but like you know blockbuster or your sun coast you know they usually have like an 18 plus section of the porn and i know blockbuster okay so you know if you were a kid and you got into that and that shit was like fort knox that 18 plus section of blockbuster that was x games mode you are not getting there whatever one employee was working at blockbuster their job was to keep children out of that yeah yeah so i've got another analogy for you so it's like if you got into that zone the last thing you're gonna do is hello i'm an unattended child in this zone unless you want to be like eat or hook dragged out and have your parents beat you outside you wouldn't do that the 18 18 plus content sort of war that we're going through is is essentially the attack on titan wall and they're the titans (laughs) there you go sell it (laughs) <laughs> where's our then where's the genocidal man bun? <laughs> it's probably the adult you have to watch out for. <laughs> That's the super cell. That's the genocidal man bun. No, but I, but I mean, like, out, you know, oh, sorry. Going back to the whole again, you know, the cultural differences and mm-hmm. and and context and everything. That in our video stores, we didn't have the curtain. Like it was there, it was on the top shelf. Yeah, but we could see it. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> Just, you just I physically just couldn't reach it? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered it right now. I was like, oh, wait. We didn't have... Oh. Because uh, we're not so... Yeah. I just... I love the idea of, like, how do you get children to not read your porn? Put it on the top shelf. They can't get up there. Neither can huh, They adults. think. I've seen toddlers <laughs> climb. Okay, so, funny story about me. I didn't hit five feet tall until I was, like, 14 years old. I am very small. There was one time my grandfather found me on like the top of the refrigerator as like a toddler. Like I was yeah. just up there, I was just up there eating dry cereal. Are and you a what a mood. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was just up there like fist, mouth, dry cereal. And just I, I still out, remember like, yeah. this. He looked up at me, he's like, How'd you get up there? And I shrugged. He's like, Okay, <laughs> you got up there. You'll get down. Toddler magic. Yeah, that's right. He's like, like, I don't know. <laughs> right. He's like, You got up there. You'll get down. Yeah, like that is the most niece. black dad experience. Like, <laughs> like I've yes. I've watched. I I'm probably pretty close to, or I've gotten to see up close a lot of their experiences. I say they're sort of younger people because my niece is turning mm-hmm. twenty two. 
that makes me sound really old. My sister just had her early, but like my, my niece, <laughs> my niece is 22. So she was born in 2000. So like, How I've seen legal. I don't, wait, which, which my sister's much older than me. I know it's just like if, <laughs> so. I have a younger cousin who's like 18, 19 years old, and it's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah I was born in like two thousand two. Like that doesn't feel right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that doesn't feel accurate. Or it like, make you feel fifty when you're actually thirty something. Right. You know, like like kids like kids being born in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. It's like meanwhile, sound... fifty year olds are laughing at us. Like, <laughs> wait, <Yeah>. just wait. <laughs> right. That is actually that happens to me all the time. But it's like you know how. It makes me feel so old now because, you know, literally everyone that you see on, like, in shows, you know, all the actors, all the singers, they're all in their 20s. Everyone's younger than you. And you're like, I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> I am fossil. But, yeah, it is interesting to have, like, that young person perspective. It's like, yeah, I also have, I have a younger cousin who lets me lend into this. One, everything is the 1990s, but you can't say it. Like everything he wears and cares about is the 1990s. But if I say, oh, hey, you look like what I wore in school. It's like, no, it's different. It's Visco. It's like, it's not. It's Visco. <laughs> it's it, it's limited too. It's the limited is what you're wearing. It's the limited. Are, it is. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not doing Visco or soft boy. It's called old Abercrombie is what oh you're my wearing. God. Dark it's Hollister high... changing room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so triggered. Oh my god! I know. I'm you so can smell it almost. You, you know what? That's the you void that you're mimicking is those Hollisters. That <laughs> Hollister was never well lit. It's just like the void that you have. But um, I am so in love with this conversation. Oh my god, we could do this for days. Uh, oh, so know. to put a to put a bow on this to really wrap this up, where do we go next? I don't think that there is an end to this, but there has to be a conclusion. And while I don't think that it is going to be a full-out war like Sharks versus Jets, I do feel like we are quickly coming to a head. Well, let's talk about the actual problems that are sort of pressing, mm -hmm. and then what we know we can do, and then also mm -hmm. acknowledge that, I mean, <laughs> things change. Change is nature. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know how this is going to evolve. It could get worse. It could lessen. We don't know. True true but <laughs> i know existential crisis um but <laughs> like you know okay things that are really pressing right now mm -hmm. um targeting people who might depend on social media for their business or they're an artist mm -hmm. this is how they make money mm -hmm. or simply just the emotional ramifications of mm -hmm. when you're attacking people mm -hmm. these this dogpiling this the cancel culture you know, mm -hmm. without legitimate just cause of, you mm -hmm. know, it's, if you're not a YouTuber who's being an actual pedophile or preying on minors, which is right. a just cause, you know, just because yes. you drew Deku and, I, I don't know, insert character, uh, Bakugo or somebody, boinking on a piece of paper, it's just not the same thing. As a YouTuber preying on a 14-year-old who's a, a groupie of some sort. This is not the same thing. Correct. So we have to deal with the ramifications of and protect ourselves for people who are unjustly dogpiled. And we have to sort of surround them and lift them up and make sure that they're okay and do what we can to sort of deal with it. Um, one of the best things you can do, setting clear boundaries and maintaining clear boundaries. 
and also blocking that would be blocking and mm -hmm. marking things as 18 plus mm -hmm. i have asked anti-shipper types um what is it that i could do to make you feel better mm -hmm. because i exist I'm going to have 18 plus content. I'm an adult and you are not an adult. So what mm -hmm. is it that you would suggest me to do to make you feel better? And their answer has either been not exist or go behind a locked, uh, a private account. And I'm like, well, the private account's not going to work because you have to approve people to get in. You cannot license check everybody who wants to get into your, it's not, it's not conducive. Right, and people, not, and people do lie. They do lie. Also, that does not keep actual predators from preying on minors online. That do, doesn't stop do not. It do not. Yeah, I mean, the white vans are still there. It's just we're existing elsewhere, and the white vans are going towards the kids. Like, right. if you, there was this recent tweet, of course, yesterday that said, you know, oh, adults should comfort minors oh, if they're talking about not safe for work stuff. And I was like, ew, no. What? First oh. of all, not my job. That is somebody else's mm -hmm. child. And I had a parent comment and say, I don't want somebody comforting my child. And I'm like, exactly. I don't want but to comfort also, someone's child. Like, also, like, you don't want to comfort their child. But also, like, why are you sending adults to get closer and more intimate with minors? That's a giant red flag. Are yeah. you a minor? You don't sound like a minor. Like, so, I think, yeah, uh, I just want to just real quick comment on that like obviously if you are a trusted adult in that person's life it's different sure talk to mm -hmm. them about things they see on the internet and you know if you are a complete stranger don't you know don't do that i mean mm -hmm. i was exposed to actual pornography media when i was very little and Same. because of somebody's like brother who had magazines or whatever and like yep. <laughs> and very, i was very similar over here yeah, and I was like, when I was a little kid, I was really deeply disturbed by it. Like, I, I mm -hmm. like told my grandmother who raised me, it was like, what do, what do I do? Like, ugh, I can't stop thinking about that. It's weird. Yeah. And and you know, you talk to a trusted adult. The exposure is going to happen in any which way, and there's different sort of culminations of it depending on the age group, you know. But having someone you trust who's close to you, who you know, not. An adult you like talking to on the internet that's not someone you're close to <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's, you don't know who that person is yeah that goes back to parasocial hell but you know you're right like, they really it, just don't know it's like they haven't been taught because they've just been in it their whole lives and they were just thrown right in from the start no you're absolutely right and i i i hate that you brought up but you're right it could absolutely get worse first it could i i hope it doesn't um I I do wonder kind of like what the conclusion is. And I mean, it's hard to speculate because we are still very much in the thick of it right now. But I have seen more vocal pushback about saying this is bad. And I think that's really helpful because, again, you have normies on the outside saying, oh, well, this should be encouraged. They have good points. And it's like, but they're doing it bad. Like, right, you know, I've seen anti-shippers with really valid points, and I'm I like, know. that's that's okay. It's all right to have that. Just going about this in the wrong way, and, and I, that is oh, really the most sorry. But that's truly where I've been the most flummoxed. Is like y'all have good points, you do, 
There is a problem with the way minors exist on the internet. Yes, it was never meant for you. I'm sorry. It just wasn't. The way the internet is designed, it was never meant for you, and that sucks. It is not the job of adults to acquiesce to you, though. Yeah, the only thing I think we can do is, and I had experience with this recently where I was sort of, it was a bad situation for me. Um, mm -hmm. I put 18 plus a lot in my social media not because I necessarily have not safe for work stuff. I, I really don't have much these days. Like I, I haven't really been retweeting much of like the porn or anything. Um, the porn. Um, but, <laughs> but like um, I do it because I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. I put 18 plus because I am an adult. And I, I hate putting my age because either someone wants to argue that I'm not actually that age or someone wants to use my age against me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what, this, yeah. this, detracts from the point let me make clear no matter what my age is i am an adult mm -hmm. i am not under 18. so that's mm -hmm. the big reason why i put that there and i think that's something we have to start shifting and doing is you're not 18 plus and letting people letting letting everyone know that my mm -hmm. account is not 18 plus because it's not safe for work it's 18 plus because i'm an adult and I want mm -hmm. you to know that this is an adult space. It does not mm -hmm. mean that there's porn here. It does not mean, it, it, but the conversation might go a little bit higher than, you know, <laughs> what you're used to. When I say that, I mean, like, occasionally I'll be like, yeah, I don't have any porn on here, but I, I'll slip and think, or slip and say, oh, jiggling titties or something, you know, and like, <laughs> I'll talk about something not safe for work without thinking about it. Right. And no, I, I really like do. that because like, so I, I panel and I list almost all of my panels as 18 plus, not necessarily because the content is always explicit, actually almost never. So it's that I'm explicit. Yeah. I reference <laughs> you're an adult and, and you're talking you're to like, adults. Yeah, like, point. I swear I talk about dicks. I talk about sex. Like even if the content is not explicit, I am. And yeah. I've absolutely done a panel that the content was not explicit, but the way I was feeling that day was extra spicy. And I had parents in that audience with their kids oh, looking at me horrified oh because God. even though the topic was not 18 plus, I am. Yeah. And that's I'm why I put 18 plus because like it tells parents too, hey, if you're walking in with your nine-year-old, I don't recommend it. Because you're going to have to have a talk with them afterwards, and that's going to be bad for everybody involved. <laughs> Actually, it might be good for the nine-year-old, but that's parenting, yeah. and that's your choice. It's a social media equivalent of the parental advisory sticker on the scene. Kind of. You know? Basically, yeah. yeah. We're adult swim, basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's so... Yeah, we had... Actually, we had another analogy to that on the old show, where uh, we analogize it to being on a cruise ship, where... Yeah. I know, I'm bougie. I'm sorry. I've been on multiple cruises. No, I've like, been on them, too. It's okay. Like on a cruise, you usually have like your adults when like your grown and sexy night triggered every black person in audience. There's usually like, a grown and sexy night. And especially like on cruise ships, they don't really have a curfew. Like there's like midnight pizza and stuff like that. So like it yeah. is not super uncommon to see kids out, but it's yeah. uncommon. But if it's grown and sexy night in the pool and you try to get in the pool, no, like it yeah. is not going to be your job to flail around. Like, hello, I've infiltrated your space. Because, again, you are going to get dragged out by your fucking scruff like a wet cat. And then your parents going to beat the shit out of you for detouring from getting midnight pizza. 
basically. So let, let's like, be real about this. Twitter's not doing anything. I'll use Twitter. Twitter's not doing anything about this immediately. You know, hopefully no. maybe later they either will add restrictions, but I mean, you can lie about your age. So, you, sure you know, can. maybe they could add markers that are like, you know, like the blue checks, but like adult marker. But you know, if they're not going to do I anything like that. I can't wait for my adult marker. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we can do it for now. We can yeah. make an adult and we can spread this sort of trend that it's 18 plus because I'm an adult, not because, and this is an adult space, not because it's necessarily not safe for work. And mm -hmm. keeping that adult space, making that adult space, maintaining it will help. Blocking mm -hmm. on site, not interacting mm -hmm. will help. When they have dog piles that are minor based, which really mm -hmm. sucks, and they're mm -hmm. mass reporting you, it's a problem. But if you try and set these standards up front, you're like, I am 18 plus, not because of not safe for work, but because it's an adult space. And you get somebody in there who's like, blah, 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 I'm a minor. You'd be like, you're not supposed to be in the space. Goodbye. You are the weakest link or whatever. And <laughs> Ancient reference. Thank you, I know. Though. I know. Dinosaurs, though. I'm in the presence of also dinosaurs. Younger dinosaurs than me. But Yeah, but we're all still fossils. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that's one of the things we can do. Unfortunately, the dogpiling and the cancel, it's, it's, I, I really don't have many good answers for that yet, except to support each other and try and set those sort of standards up at the front. Because I think I, I don't know if it's necessarily true. You should ask other 18 plus artists, not other, I'm not one, but like 18 plus artists or not safe for artists. If you talk to them and see if they put a lot of these warnings up front, if they receive less attention and like minors because i've seen minors automatically block some of these accounts i have seen that mm -hmm. um so if they receive less attention by putting all those warnings up front or if it's just like a beacon in the night and they come streaming in like moths to a flame i wonder about that because like i started following like i have a secret twitter I'm not really uh, sure, i started yeah. following more like explicit kink stuff because i've discovered new kinks because that's what the internet does well yeah and like neat that just feels like a a moth beacon like you're saying all these things which means if i want to be outraged about this kind of content you've 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 flagged it you've said yeah, it's exactly. here you i know who to shit on like you, like because yeah i've definitely found a couple of new kinks thank you twitter uh to me while i appreciate that level of you know whistleblowing because i know where to go i know where my people are you know it's also, it just very much feels like a place to attack and, you know, to put my spin on it, especially like as a queer person of color, I spent a lot yeah. of my internet experience masking my, well, one, my queerness and two, my blackness. Yeah. Not just because I'm diaspora and African-American and don't know what it means to be a black, but because I knew of the harm that I could invite by opening up about that. Yeah, that's true. I knew the harm that I could invite by openly saying that I'm a part of this. To this day, I've been a cosplayer for over 10 years. I've been paneling for almost 10. The amount of white men that continue to tell me that I've been doing this for clout is astonishing. Jeez. But yeah. I'm no, in the I long see, yeah. I'm in the longest con game. If that is the case. Going for the record, you're just like Yeah, I've been going <laughs> for the record to to just fake out white men <laughs> because I've been in fandom for over well over a decade. I've liked anime for about 20 years. I'm just, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it, y'all. 
Um, right? One, these, these are the implications, too, especially for fans of color. Can I say that? People of color? Fans yeah. of color? Yeah, fans of yeah. color. Who, like, Call us how do we protect them and how do we build them up? You know, that's another thing. That's like, what else, what can we do for them when they fall prey to these sort of interactions, too? Like, what can, because, like, my idea is just, yeah, put an adult tag on it and try and, like, try and keep them away. But it's not necessarily, I I can't say that it'll necessarily work. It's just all I know to do at this point. But, like, from your standpoint, like, what should we do for you as well? Like, what makes, what helps you in this sort of space that you found yet? That works. You know what? I'll say this. So I did get canceled by uh, guinea pig stands. That is a real true story. I was canceled uh, by a woman who has too many guinea pigs and her thousands of fans. <laughs> I wish I was joking. I wish it was all the other hot <laughs> shit that came out of my mouth. But I was canceled by guinea pig stands. And it was very detrimental to my mental health. It was very detrimental to just my ability because I kept getting messages like you're a horrible spoiled person and you're a miserable person and you're a hater. And when you, I wasn't even canceled that hard. It was mostly like old British women who were just saying that I was a nasty, mean little girl, which not false, but (laughs) which not false, but you know, you don't want to, you don't want anyone else to say it. Um, And to bring up someone else who's been canceled, Two people, actually, Natalie Wynn and Lindsay Ellis have both echoed that point as well, is that Mm. they can handle it when they got canceled. They're fine. They're worried about, yeah, people like me, people like us who are queer, who have smaller audiences. And as far as like what we can do to protect each other, I think we need to go back to the old ways of when you see a ship that's flailing, you protect your brothers and your sisters and those in between. I think if you see it, you need to say something. And I think calling it what it is more on the outside yeah. is going to be what kills this pro-ship anti-ship. Because I think what we've been doing is playing softball. I'm going to sound like BL influencer Joe Rogan for a minute. So give me a second. <laughs> the, worst, right, the worst possible title, BL influencer Joe Rogan. I think we I feel like that needs to be a bumper sticker. Oh my god, I'm on it. I'm on it after I finish your diploma. Oh, but... I think we need to call a spade a spade. I think when kids are dogpiling, I think when they're doxing, when they're caught, when they're throwing around pedo casually, we need to, you know, I know Caesar Milan is super canceled. We need to and stop them. Cause I think we're, we're letting them do it because we're afraid. I'm not afraid anymore. If I see someone that I care about, or even someone I don't care about be wrong, nah, fam, you are incorrect. I got into a Twitter fight with a very prominent YouTube uh, comics creator because I called him out on his racism. I called him out on his neoliberal white race. Like, I called him out because he was doing the whole thing of like, oh man, I love speaking up for black people. And I said, you're speaking over us. To which yeah, he exactly. said, he told me, he looked me in the eye and said, there are not enough black comic creators out there. Hmm, Bro, you're in Dallas. Open your eyes. I'm one of them. What that you was... talking about? <laughs> I say that and I'm like trying to like time my response right because I don't want to talk over you. No, no you're good. Like, you're doing great. No, like, uh, what was it? There was, um, I don't know, somebody said at one point, you know, and it's true that mm-hmm. these conversations that are being held or, or uh, people of color talking, mm-hmm. my voice perspective 
and opinion mm -hmm. are not necessary in every conversation as a white mm -hmm. person. And that's Absolutely. incredibly important. And a lot yeah. of people don't understand that. Like we, and it's, it's entitlement to feel like, oh, I need to say something. I need to contribute to this conversation. Mm -hmm. that's, that's just entitlement. That's just white privilege. So, you know, no, people to I, learn that I, would help. I appreciate that because, yeah, I think, you know, I've said it a million times. That is always, to me, the most aggravating thing about pro-ship, anti-ship is, like, you guys are so close to something that's true. You're so close to something that is true and that we need to work on. Mm -hmm. But the way you're going about it just makes it awful. Like, you've turned something that could be a real valid conversation, and you're perverting it into something, one, that is more than what it is. Let women like things. Because, again, I don't see them yelling at men for liking Lolly. I don't see them yelling at men for really anything that they do, because society doesn't yell at men for what they do, which has been a problem since check notes ever. Um, creation. Creation. Uh, it's yelling at queer people and women when has that ever been the solution to anything i retweeted a sexy artwork at some point mm -hmm. and it was a uh, semi-dark content i really don't actually like that much dark content but it was semi-dark mm -hmm. and um somebody responded oh you need to be canceled for this how could you like this yada 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 and i was like okay well it's very easy for me to unretweet this but Mm -hmm. um why aren't you going to the person who created it i'm just one of many who retweeted it and they were right. they, they were very honest they said because i can approach you and i can't approach somebody with like i don't know a hundred thousand something followers yeah and i was like low-hanging fruit it's basically yes it's a low-hanging fruit deal and it ends up being very anti-sex anti-women yeah. Um, yeah. anti-queer <laughs> and yeah. then also at the same time is completely ignoring the people that we probably should be talking about no you're right like it does sound like that thing in a lot of spaces where we're not punching up we're punching down yeah, yeah exactly. like it on and i and i and i i'm mind blown at this moment because i never really thought about it that way but that's all it is it's we should be punching up there yes. are there is a discussion about sexualization of minors in media in all yep. media Huge, also, before, especially in japanese media i would say before we wrap up that is something also that i think is so important of this conversation is where we see it and it's mostly talking about asian media if you kids aren't having this conversation about marvel i don't give a fuck about what you have to say if you mm -hmm. aren't having this conversation about riverdale about sabrina about whatever about twilight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you kids are not bringing the same level of energy to Steven Universe, to all of this shit, I don't want to hear you. Because my my least favorite conversation in the anime BL Yali space is like, there is no representation of people of color. We don't get represented in America. <gasps> yeah. There's, like, there's massive lack of representation pretty much everywhere. Right. You know what? Valid. Japan does not represent a lot of black people. And no they have done a great job of doing so historically. So. Right. How many black people are in Japan? <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's, let's go count. <laughs> I promise you it's not that many. We don't get it in the U.S. Y'all need to bring this level of energy to everything. If you're going to say this about fucking bad anime dads you need to say that about every other tv show is that, that oh, yes 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I want you to keep going with the energy. I get so fucking heated. I, I am fueled by eight ounces of espresso and the burning light of a thousand dying stars. <laughs> also a bumper sticker. Um, <laughs> also a bumper sticker. No, I mean, but like, okay, these kids, they want to make change. That's what they think mm -hmm. they're doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. You're not changing anything. You're <gasps> not changing anything. This isn't helping. You're not changing. Let's have a come to Jesus moment or, you know, come to whatever you want to say. You're yeah. not making a difference. Here's right. how you make a difference. Punch up. It's harder, yes. but you, you clearly have done some work, you know, like when you storm various politicians' ticket sales like <laughs> you clearly can do this i, was, I thought you were gonna up. go with the, i think you were gonna go with an insurrection joke and i, yeah, I was I, like <laughs> i was like are we are we, and not that i would ever censor no, comedy because no, oh i don't believe in that insurrection jokes is that where no, we are no, no, no. no i meant the politicians ticket sales <laughs> where they like they like buy out all the tickets and then no one oh shows up that yeah. thing like what whatever k-pop twitter did for that i yeah. need that brilliant. level of energy that's what we everything. need absolutely i completely agree I that's, that's <laughs> what we need <laughs> no i'm like, sorry i said storm i used the wrong you're, word you're good i was just like are we really can we i'll use flood stuff? flood flooding is yeah. better <laughs> I was just shocked. It's like, oh shit, yeah, we did have a whole ass insurrection because you know we've been gaslit. If I make a by joke the... about that. It's trauma, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have been gaslit by the media to think that it wasn't that big of a deal, so it wouldn't be shocking if we joked about it because no, you know seriously. it barely happened. Nothing. It wasn't a big deal. It was. But, but you know, yeah. it's a coping technique, you know. You yeah, know, it, it is. It was freaking horrible. I mean, yeah, that's why we're laughing yeah. about like Cvid. So like, you know, like, but, but you like, know, you're right. We need to teach them to punch up, like. Again, there is a valid conversation in here. We do sexualize minors in media everywhere, not just Japan. Mm -hmm. So everywhere we need to punch up, not punch yeah. down on individuals right. who cannot change it. Right. And also, yeah, I love that you said cannot change because, okay, you're angry. Now what? Yeah, you're angry. How are you actually making change? You want to change right. things. I know you want to change things because I was the same way before I went into government yeah. and then I saw it was all pointless and I stopped. Uh, <laughs> depression valid, valid. Uh, Va valid though yeah but now it's a different situation so it may actually not mm -hmm. be impossible but like True. you want to change something okay well mm -hmm. this is not it it's not actually helping you mm -hmm. may, may you you feel good and then that that's a whole nother conversation about performative action yes know? they think they're perform they think they're making change they're just performing amongst yeah. themselves or they're yeah. it's, delusionally it's really changing. yeah it is a lot of performative activism like i remember you know in the old days on youtube and people are like we hate feminists like no you hate a certain kind of feminist well i mean you hate women let's be real you hate women that's the real answer no, but there's very there's very big swaths of like anti-women groups within the queer community yeah. There are, but like it, but I remember when people had to like try to have real, use their quotes, conversations about that, that weren't just people who hated women, because realistically, a lot of that anti feminist rhetoric is you hate women. Uh, yeah. That it was about, you know, okay, that's, that's an okay point. You know, maybe, you know, that's, that's, that's valid, but also it was a very specific type of person that you're talking about. 
that does not represent the larger community. And you see that a lot in like white, uh, frankly, like white leftist spaces. Yep. Uh, it's just this aggressive <laughs> circle jerk where, you know, it's like, we stand for all these rights. Just kidding. Not really. And they're all just like patting each other on the back. Yeah. And it's like, but you didn't do anything. You haven't. What agenda have you progressed? You just, you've sat here jerking each other off for the last three hours, but you accidentally misgendered 20 people in the process. Yeah. Like, what have you accomplished? <laughs> and then there's the rampant gatekeeping. <sighs> we don't have time. It's literally been two hours. You do not have time to talk about that. But, okay. See I what have... I mean? Junk box. It's a junk box. <laughs> it's literally a flake. Yeah, it's a, I was just going to raise it, it is a flaming junk pile in Dumped the middle of the living room. Dumped on your coffee table. Yeah, just, it is the middle of the Great living room, just on have. fire, and we don't know what to do with about it. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, host brain is back. But trying to adult space. That's yeah. one of the only suggestions I have currently, because right now mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like, unsure shrugs. I try to keep it in adult space and make them know that, and then be there for mm -hmm. the people who are going through difficult times currently yeah i think um, honestly that's, that's why that's, that's why i try to tweet out you know i'm trying to make an effort to keep my tweets clean concise and when i say clean i don't mean not safe for work i mean like a prompt you know yeah <laughs> like easy to read really good at that, mm -hmm. oh good think, i've gotten better at it. it it's taken years because <laughs> i was i was i walked into graduate school and i was using a lot of big words and my literal advisor said are you trying to sound smart? And I was like, every member of my family was so much older than me that I've been talking like this since I was in elementary school. Like, I, okay. I, my grandmother raised I, me. Like, I just had that conversation with my aunts because I got home for Christmas and I was using like the normal terminology that I use. And my aunt was like, you don't have to talk like that around us. And it's like, but you made me. You sent me, yeah. you sent me to school. Yeah, like you sent me to school to a liberal arts Catholic college. What did you expect? That I was obviously going to come home gay as fuck and that I'm going to use big words. You did this. You you made me. I had a I had a boss once who said to me um that I spoke too smart is his words and that it made people uncomfortable. It made them feel dumb. And I was like, I'm really sorry about that. I don't know how else to talk. So I just started not talking basically <laughs> until I could figure out how to change my speech. Oh my God. Tr but now that I like, yeah. like I triggered love in I black woman speech. Sorry. Oh God. Utterly triggered in black woman professional speech where I am told all the time that I sound angry because oh, I am Jesus. educated. And if someone else says you talk white, do you have synesthesia? Can you see <laughs> tech? What I do you mean? Yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the first time I heard you talk white, I was like, "Do you have synesthesia? Like, what are you talking about? That's not how language works." And then you know, code switch. I speak educated, which yeah, sure. Well, which, which women of color are like disproportionately affected by as soon as they sound quote, and I'm making air quotes because obviously I'm a black void on here, or just a void. I'm a void. I'm not. Yes. I'm a void. <laughs> I'm sorry. Backpedaling is my favorite Olympic sport. <laughs> very good at it. We're, we're, we're experts. God, but you know, air quotes, as soon as a woman of color, like a black woman especially, sounds, quote, too smart, 
then immediately, oh, she's angry. He said, like, shut the fuck up. Sit down. Um, like, <laughs> oh, I, I've had such an amazing time. I, I okay. Oh, but my, my point was, was that I yeah. try to make, I'm trying to make tweets mm-hmm. that will help minors that might be lurking as well. You know, right. what can you do instead of just, instead of, and I, I, I ask people to try and do this instead mm-hmm. of just talking about what's wrong we know what's wrong we know like we know (laughs) on fire we know yes talk about what we can do provide suggestions we need to start providing things to try and if they don't work they don't work but we need to try something and we need to start talking about what to try Mm -hmm. that was my no no i think that's amazing if i could just piggyback off of that and you know like backpedal a little to what we were talking about you know we know these things we've had these discussions i think mm-hmm. one of the things that we see a lot is that um uh, people who actually have the knowledge who have the you know who have the academic background you know academics and scholars and people like us you know hobby scholars who have read a lot and who have been around a lot like mm-hmm. are providing resources and are providing you know evidence for or against something you know or mm-hmm. um or documented studies on what is being mm-hmm. discussed, please utilize those resources instead of dismissing them as pro-ship propaganda, again, in air quotes, because this is how we learn. Because like I said, you know, we do, we do grow. Like we've all been, you know, that kid on the internet who thought they knew everything. And, and I am I, still that kid on the internet. Yeah, and I am hoping that, you know, absolutely agreeing to everything that Aries said but I also hope that a lot of people will kind of grow into themselves over the coming years and that's very possible it happens all the time because we do see the people who are coming out and speaking up against you know the again air quotes cult of you know anti that that you know that they're talking about what it was like and what what made them think that way and why they mm-hmm. have changed their minds and i absolutely think that there's a possibility that things can turn around just by this movement you know becoming mm-hmm. more aware of what it is that they are actually fighting against that that you know that educating oneself is so important mm-hmm. and just no those resources and using them the last I, thing I agree. yes the last thing that i have to say about that is Googling shit is not research. (laughs) It's not research. You can say that you're trying to inform yourself, learn, educate yourself. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm trying to give you language that might help convey your point better. I'm a fucking thesaurus. But Mm -hmm. Googling is not research. Research, research requires a lot more. I have spent countless hours. I am a shelf gremlin. I have no life. I I am a shelf gremlin. I have put in hours of studying. I have to go through actual training. I wish more people, more actual scholars paid attention to it because we have problems there. But I've gone into the training, the ethical training of this is how your participants should be treated. This is what you need to do with very sensitive information that involves other people's lives. There's a lot that goes into research, hours and years of study and Mm -hmm. training and work, not an hour of Googling. 
And not something that you heard regurgitated by one person. The amount of people that try to girl boss their way through ContraPoints is hilarious. And they think they got it, but they don't got it. Not uh, graphics off of Twitter. Like, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll throw in some of my uh, resources that I use for research in uh, the Discord. Um, the one that comes to mind is Electric Geisha, which is about eroticism in Japan. And that was a very, very transformative book for me early on in my research. Uh, because I was trying to understand why Japan be so horny and electric mm -hmm. geisha. <laughs> I mean, as a Westerner looking at Japan, like, why you sexualize boat? Why you sexualize? <laughs> Please that. make me that sticker. Please, I beg you. <laughs> because then I just think about I touched the butt, you know, in Finding Nemo. <laughs> I was like, it's like, why, why you sexualize that boat? Like, what is this? That makes me think of if you saw the panel that I did together with Michi of very very bad girls and and Risa of Fujoshi things mm -hmm. what, that we did at Fujocon, where we talked mm -hmm. and also I believe we did it at Kasakon where we talked about the moe and they had that story this there's a story about the road and the cars driving over it and and how it entices moe that's what I think of uh, when you talk about the boat like that. <laughs> okay. Yes, I will make a why you sexualize that boat sticker. But um because okay. Because it's cute. Corolla knows what I've been working on for Patreon. <laughs> and she has been very jealous of some of the stuff that y'all are getting, which is a shameless plug that I will reinsert later. That sounded dirtier <laughs> than I was expecting. <laughs> it's perfect for Yowie Shelf. That was that was way that was way dirtier than I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> caffeine shock right now like i feel like i'm dying and and then you come here with your yeah okay we've had it's been a great time uh ari you have been honestly for our for our first co-host for our first guest you have been an absolutely just captivating magnetic and just void void yes adhd but, tangent monster <laughs> Let me wax philosophic. <laughs> Just fantastic guests. Thank you so much. You are insightful, intelligent, and uh, way more empathetic than the episode if we did it, which would just be, kids, shut the fuck up. And, and we'd probably do it on an inappropriate day, because that's generally what we do. We keep putting okay, I have to check what today is, because we did talk about bad trans stuff on trans visibility day and we talked about bad mental health stuff on like mental health day so i need oh, to check what day it is <laughs> i know i know i know i'm concerned i burned through a lot of topics i don't know <laughs> we, yeah that's concerning we did burn through a lot of topics today i hope that i hope that it ended up making sense because i think that you know we're all on the same page and we, we you know we get carried away and we don't you know, you go off on a tangent and then don't finish like your main point. But I really I think appreciate we, I how... think we bookended everything. Yeah. I think I, I really appreciate how succinct Aerie is and that you know you kind of mm -hmm. grounded this episode. I really appreciate that you wanted to hang yep. out with us and just while Ooh, we're out you. here wilding that you just <laughs> Yeah, I like I said, I, I promise you if it was us to have this episode, we would just be like, Shut up, kids. Okay, so Oh no. There is oh, one day it. that this is. Oh no. And it is appreciated dragon day, and we did talk about <laughs> dragon fucking. So. I love 
Unless well, we do drag- appreciate dragons. Yeah. If you're, you Unless know, dragons funny. are offended by their rampant sexualization in media, which I have not consulted. I think we're clear. <laughs> I think the one dragon kin Unless- group is going to find you. <laughs> oh, fuck. You know what? Bring it on. I love that shit. I, I, I've i been fighting my whole life for this. Let's go. Let's hope they're uh, 18 plus. <laughs> I hope they're... Oh, fuck. You're right. Oh, <laughs> But we so, are. Er, yeah, so if, this is they have to be. start learning. We are yes. 18 plus, so, you know, cultivate your feed, people. Yeah, but again, adult space, adult swim. Adult space, yes. 18 plus doesn't mean that's not safe for work. It just means that I'm an adult it, it usually with an adult means space. That us, yeah. yeah. It means, it means that for us. There's a lot of dicks. Yeah, but it doesn't even have to be that. Maybe we'll talk about taxes. You never know, you know? Yeah, I mean, we are boring adults who are supposed to be what have kids and pay taxes and make sandwiches, right? Yeah, I don't really know when they say touch grass. I've been outside. It's not that great. I have allergies. Um, I think a lot of it's projection. It is. (laughs) It snows here, ten, ten, like what, nine, ten months out of the year. That's true. Yeah, you don't even have grass. Uh, Ari, would you like to tell uh, our audience if there's anything that you are working on that you'd like to, you know, pimp out while you have a, a rapt audience? Well, my deepest apologies to the dragons. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, at this moment, what I'm doing is um, I've done a lot of research and mm-hmm. I still do some on the side, um, especially, you know, tracking. Mm-hmm. BL fans experiences with the BL fan mm-hmm. project and there's the blfanproject.com. What I'm trying to sort of shift over to doing is highlighting other scholars, students, and fans mm-hmm. work um, to try and get more voices because I don't need to be the only one speaking. Um, especially if you're a person of color, you know, mm-hmm. contact me, share your stuff with me. I like to amplify it and share it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always find me on Twitter at, you know, twitter.com. Um, I have the underscore querios spelled mm. a little bit differently. They'll have that on Yowie Shelf, obviously. You all will. And oh, well. um, honestly, 21 and 2022 have really been <laughs> me making it about me. So I'm doing my BL work, but I'm also just, I've, I've shifted over to writing over the last couple of years. So I've been writing <laughs> romance and erotica. And yes. um, and then also I decided this year to take on VTubing. But Hell it's not, yeah. you know... It's not it's not really a character VTube like some of them. It's really just me with an avatar essentially. And mm-hmm. I still talk about a lot of this stuff. So if you want to watch me play video games and talk about this, because I need to do more than one thing at once. Okay, <laughs> but that honestly do. sounds amazing. I would watch the fuck out of that. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh let it we'll link all of your stuff obviously in description and in show notes. Um I'm just my my mind is blown. I feel like I need a cigarette after all that hot brain sex. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I don't smoke. <laughs> I do have the asthma. Uh, it's all that dragon talk. Yeah, it's all that. It's all that smutty dragon talk. Uh, fun fact: that fic was from the My Hero Academia fandom. <laughs> of course it was. Of course. Wait, who was the dragon? Kirishima, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. He was. He was the dragon. I guess. Do I get you- a prize? The the prize is rebirth by dragon fucking. Oh, I'm so happy. I, <laughs> I don't want to be reborn into this. 
True, I would like to exit the cycle. Uh, the Yowie Shelf is on Patreon. If you would like to give us money, uh, that is great. And uh, our patrons, if you do join the track for patron merch, we have some really, really cool things coming out. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys don't have to physically support us, uh, but it does really help and shows us how much you care. That sounded really passive-aggressive. I'm not editing it out. Uh, this <laughs> this is Give me your money if you care. <laughs> You want to make a difference? <laughs> Give me money. <laughs> That's the real leftist agenda that we need to be pushing. If you want to show us you care, give me your money. We're Here is my Venmo. Keep, we're just going to keep that audio recording of Aries saying that and just put it at, every, at the end of the memory episode. episode. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm, over, I'm over white people saying that they want to speak for us or with us. I just I'm want your so money. Sorry. <laughs> I just want your cash. Not even with you. I mean, just like in general. I am so tired of that. No more white people saying you march with us. Nah, fam. Here is my cash app. Here's that's how you repay us. I think that's fair. If I yeah, have cash app. I say do it. I've done it a few times. Uh, this is where we thank our patrons. Uh, thank you to Carme, Jay, Lauren, and Jamie. Thank you uh, so very much. Yeah. You can join them and be super cool if you go to patreon.com slash the Yowie Shelf. Uh, Corolla, would you like to tell the audience what we are covering next month? We are talking about guilty pleasures. Yes. Oh, fuck, yeah. count me in. <laughs> we are. We're specifically our guilty fanfic pleasures. Oh my god. Please. I'm gonna have to, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna, it's gonna be a little stressful for us, but that's I'm okay. having a crisis about that, but it's okay. You're already having a crisis over our Patreon-exclusive episode, so no, it's just gonna I, be a lot of crises. We're gonna, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just in a state of perpetual crisis uh again thank you yeah. we are cri we are gay crises uh <laughs> again thank you to aria for being here it was thank a joy so and a pleasure thank you thank you for having me y'all are so sweet oh my god um we'll see you guys in the next one yeah bye